Hi, my name is Jason Jadon. I'm a supporter of Fulham Football Club. I live in Atlanta, Georgia, but my second home is The Cottage, and you're listening to DU Football Show. When you got to record a set of six shows, doing second takes of the intro, not necessarily the smartest way to progress. Absolutely. Show, yeah, right? Not the way to cut down the time. Clearly, <laughs> hey, number three, I need to take some notes. Is number four, I don't know what I'm doing. Exactly. Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your eye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. A.K.A. the fucking Gooner Graham. Smoke of a lord. Look straight in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the Drunkard United Football Show, a completely biased season finale of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. Got it right the second time, Sam. I'm partially to blame for that, me, because I had a kind of a pre-show meeting during the yeah. part where Adam was singing, and I think I threw y'all. Uh, the one thing I've never fucked up before is the intro, like really fucked it off. And I actually looked at everybody and said, Stop. we got to cut here. Yeah, we know we got to do it again. And Mel looks at you and goes, I don't even know how to fix this. I am your I don't host. Know how to fix it. I'm your host, Sam Houston, and across the way from me is my co-host, the uh, supportive Mr. Samuel Graham. Sammy, how you doing? I'm doing very well, and I do want to make mention of the part of the intro that you did fuck up. I do want to reiterate our respect and love for the uh, Fitz people, the oh, Fulham in the South. Fucking awesome people, and we're going to yep. have uh, Jason on the show here in a little bit as well, kind of uh, talk about the uh, Fulham season and what the plans are for the future for the club, and uh, I'm rooting for him to get right back up. I, I I like the club. I like them. I like the United States ties that the uh, that the club has. So yeah. you know, I got a little bit of a rooting interest in them, and also has to be a hell of a kick in the nuts that you have uh, you go down and then you watch your West London rivals Brentford, Brentford yep. get promoted. That's it's the fucking worst, man. It's the worst. Yeah. Thing. Hey. I'm an Everton fan. I know all too well about my my team's failures and my crosstown rivals' successes. Yeah. It kind of sucks. Exactly. We're recording at Studio H just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Sammy, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Absolutely. As always, you can get in touch with us online, uh, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, at DUFootballShow, and then DUFootballShow.com uh, to get in touch Show at gmail.com. Excuse me. I fucked up this time. That's yeah, okay. Uh, at uh, <laughs> To get in touch via the old email. You didn't fuck up the intro, my good man. <laughs> you didn't fuck up the intro. Oh, by you know, the way, you actually, know the quickly. thing you say, you say every week for yeah. three straight years? Yeah, you didn't fuck that up. <laughs> yeah. Um, by the way, if you want to hear that fuck up, I think we're going to release it on our Patreon, which is very easy to find. www.patreon.com backslash do you football show and sign up to one of the top two tiers and uh, you'll be able to hear Sam fuck <laughs> off the intro. Yeah, it was magnificently bad yeah it's it's a long old day i figured if i walked the entire time mm -hmm. it was going to be really long and bad <laughs> so i just had to stick the leg out there real quick and hail a cab for this first bit you know Excellent. be a whore early 
Exactly. <laughs> Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So is the red-blooded Americans we are. We've got to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Sammy, for the season finale, we're going to wind it down with a little bit of gin binge. What are we drinking today? We have a Norwegian small batch gin called Harahorn, uh, which is awesome. It has a jackalope on the front, which I like. Uh, 92 proof, this one. Um, and you paired it with the uh, Fever Tree Light Cucumber mm-hmm. Tonic. Yep. Uh, also have blueberries because this does have a bit of blueberry to it. Mm-hmm. Quite a bit uh, of blue. When you drink one the, of the, 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 the uh, yeah, one of the botanicals in there. Yeah, uh, on its own. Speaking, uh, just drinking it on its own. Blueberry and juniper smack yep. you in the face. Like mm-hmm. there's there's other herbs in there that are all basically from Norway. Is the idea. The cucumber, I, I find squeezing the blueberries and kind of getting the juice of the blueberry into it uh, kind of milds down the cucumber. I, for being the naturally light series, which is kind of the quote unquote diet series of uh, Fever Tree, they kind of go down on the calories a little and a little bit less quinine. I didn't expect it to be as cucumbery as it was. I thought it was going to be a little bit lighter. It is big time. Yeah. Cucumber. So <laughs> squeezing those uh, blueberries into it really opens it up some. Uh, the gin's fantastic. Mel likes it. Yeah. <clears throat> the The gin's fantastic. It's it's a it's excellent. We we drank this uh, last year, and you know what it was? We drank it last year. I put it back in the uh, in the closet of uh, booze, the big wall of booze that I have, and I completely forgot I had it. And um, I can tell you now, the next time that I decide to sit down and drink a couple of G and Ts. That bottle won't be lasting much longer. Right. No, it's, it's excellent. And and I don't remember how much you paid for this one. Uh, the universal price between 35 and uh, 39 99 39 Yeah, kind of. Standard craft, craft gin price. Craft gin is 35 to 39 pretty much. There's a few yeah. that get up to 45 I know like Bar Hill because they use um natural raw honey, which is absurdly expensive. Like they're 45 but for the most part, 35 to 39 is pretty much what yeah. you're looking at. I mean, it's, I think your your big brand, Hendrix, is what set that bar. Yep. 35 is kind of the number. The most successful craft gin in the world. Yeah. It's uh, much like whiskey. There's there's category leaders at 29, and there's category leaders at 39, and there's category leaders at 49. And that's kind of where you want to be. Because, where you want to live, absolutely. Right. If you're any brand, that's the price point you want to live in because it's kind of universal. A consumer's brain thinks on those dollar price points, not necessarily on the brand price points. Absolutely, you know? yeah. See that a lot of wine too, with nine ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, stuff like exactly. that. Exactly, yeah. And just always remember to drink responsibly, of course, that, as you partake in this summer's festivities. That a boy. Well, let's go ahead and get into it, gangster. Let's do it. Lord only knows we got a lot of these fuckers to do today. That was a much better tank. <clears throat> you know why? Because you need one of the glasses to be, be empty. empty, and yeah. so mine's gone. <laughs> At a girl. Well done. Now, at the beginning of the season, Graham and I like to do blind predictions. One through 20, we normally pick uh, what manager is going to get fired first, who's going to be the leading goal scorer, FA Cup winner, uh, League Cup winner. I honestly don't remember everything because it's in an envelope. Like, seriously, it's in a fucking envelope that I'm about to rip open. Don't let him lie to you. That um, was his dick. <laughs> he... No, Don't no. let him lie to you. That was his balls. <laughs> I was, no, no. An, env- an envelope would sound much louder than my dick. And my balls would sound a lot louder than that. <laughs> now, just to let you know how bad we are at doing this. The very first season, I beat Sam two to one <laughs> on 25 things we could pick. 
two to one. Last season, Sam shut me out and beat me two, two nil. nil. <laughs> so right now, Sam is up on aggregate three to two <laughs> for 50 things we could have picked. <laughs> So, um, and we already kind of know some of the stuff like, oh man, it's not going to be pretty. I'm sure this is going to be like maybe three, three to one or three to two or something like that. Yeah, Something like that. I think, uh, so I have just pulled up the league table, my friend, the actual league table. So if you kindly, uh, declassify your predictions, (laughs) I hand wrote them too. There they go. Handwritten note. All right. I am ready when you are. Should good, we sir. go 20 to 1 or 1 to 20? How uh, do you want one, to do it? 1 to 20. 1 to 20. Okay. We're also going to talk a little bit about the clubs while we're doing this, too. So, um, oh, Mel, I need to steal a marker. And Sam, do you have a pen to work I with as well? I have a pen. I brought Ooh. me own this time. How about that? All right, Sammy, get it started. All right. <laughs> Your champions of England. Uh huh. First place, Manchester City Football Club. Who did you pick? Manchester City Football Club. I picked Manchester City Football Club. We're off one to one. One to one. I believe that's how season one went. Yes, I think that's right. Number two, Manchester United. You had Manchester United? No, that's who really had it. I had Chelsea. Yeah, Chelsea. So that's a wrong for you. And for me, I had Liverpool. That is a wrong for me. Number three, Liverpool Football Club. Uh-huh. Who did you have? I had Chelsky. Guess who just took the lead? Liverpool Football Club, boys oh and girls. Oh, my goodness. All right, I'm wrong. You were right. Number four mm-hmm. was actually Chelsea. I had the Arsenal. Oh, you were very optimistic, weren't you? <laughs> I was. I had Manchester United. So at least I got the top four right, just not in the proper order. Just not order. in the right order. Yep. All right. Fifth, I had Manchester United. It was actually Leicester. I had Arsenal Football Club. You had high hopes for us there as well. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> All right. Uh, Tottenham Hotspur is who I had in sixth. It was actually West Ham United. I had the exact same thing, Tottenham Hotspur. And uh, West Ham, I'm going to tell you right now, Sam, way lower in my table. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mine too. Uh, number seven was Tottenham Hotspur. Who did you have, sir? I had my club, Everton. I had Everton as well in seventh. No bueno. Which, which up to the end of the season... They could have done it. Yep. Uh, Wait, there's no bonus points when you two get a match, even if it's wrong. No, we no. just both collectively <laughs> suck. Pretty so much. Right, so right now we are eight teams. In, I mean, seven teams in, and the score is two, two to one. one. <laughs> uh, in eighth, horribly was, wrong. I got this. Was actually Arsenal Some football club. Our worst, yeah. worst finish for a long, long time. Uh, and it was uh, who did you have? Wolverhampton. Nice. It was uh, I had Leicester. False, false. Uh-huh. Uh, number nine was Leeds. Very good season for them. Absolutely. Uh, I had Wolves. So you had Wolves? That's the old X mark there. I had Leicester because I refuse to believe in them. And then when I do believe in them, they fuck off till I don't believe in them again. And then, and they, then they do well. Yep. Uh, in 10th, <clears throat> real life was Everton. Yep. I, I had high hopes for Newcastle. With their signings. Oh. Holy shit, Mr. Graham. I had Newcastle in 10th place, too. Yep. I had, I thought Callum Wilson was a great pickup. I thought a few of those. I, I think we both know who our dark horse was then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number 11 in real life was Southampton. I had Villa. In real life, it was Southampton. I thought Villa no. finished 11th. 
Oh, I read the wrong thing. In real life, it was Villa. Sorry. Uh-huh. I had Southampton. I also had Southampton. Fuck me. I'm not going to catch so up So y'all here. were wrong three times together. Together. Oh, together. Yeah. <laughs> we are doing better at getting it wrong together than actually getting Get it, it right. Correct. Uh, in real life, number 12 was Newcastle United. I had Sheffield. I had Sheffield. Jesus Christ. <laughs> four and four on the same And we thing. do do this independently. Yeah, we do, we, we do this in separate houses. And oh my God, it's too funny. And Go then ahead. we come back to our marital home when we're done writing them. <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> in 13th in real life mm-hmm. was Wolves. I had Brighton. Ah, I had Leeds. Oof, 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 oof. Uh, in 14th, here we go, son. Uh-huh. In real life, and on my piece of paper as well, was Crystal Palace. Oh, look at that. We're back to being tied 2-2. Because I had Aston Villa. <laughs> I had you surviving, Mel. I had you surviving. 15th, in real life with Southampton, I had Villa. I had them surviving as well. I had Brighton. Mm, that's close, but no Seagull. Nope. Seagull? Seagull? Yeah, yes, yeah. I get it. Uh, Leeds. I had for 16th, it was Brighton in real life. I had Palace. I thought they'd survive, but I thought they'd fall apart like they usually do under Bielsa. Like uh, everyone usually does under Bielsa. Uh-oh. And they would tank down. I have a feeling we both just got another one right. 17th place. I think that's probably true, sir, because I had Burnley. It was Burnley. And, and you I had, had Burnley. Hey. Three to three. three Hold to on. Three. This Sam, is, we're, we're already doing better yeah. in the last two years. <laughs> it's a record finish. Uh, in 18th place in real life was Fulham. Uh-huh. I had Fulham. I had Fulham. Yes, four to four. look at that. Check, check, four to four. We're about to go five, five, I in think. In 19th place in real life was West Bromwich Albion. Big Sam's West Brom. And I had West Brom. I did too. Five, five to five. five. Holy look at shit. that. And which, in 20th place, the, we wh- got horribly wrong, <laughs> who both was, of us. Because who was it? In game? real life, it was Sheffield United. And in and who do we both pick? Sixth place West Ham to be the last place team and be shitty as hell. We both picked West Ham. So on league table, we are one, two, three, four, five, five. Five to five. As it goes into the other subjective things. All right. First manager fired. Who did you have? Dino, Dean Smith. So did I. I thought it was going to be John Terry taking over the side. It was not. And it was going to be John Terry that kept him up. You guys, I agree. (laughs) I don't remember who it was. All I know is we got it wrong. Uh, First one fired was... Slavin Bilic, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Bilic. Bilic was the first one fired. Yeah, Slavin Bilic was the first manager fired. So we got that wrong. That's an X there for both of us. Uh, FA Cup winners. Who did you have? Everton. I had Arsenal. Both of us wrong. <laughs> not not that we were picking with any bias there, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, both of us wrong, as that was Leicester City. Uh, the League Cup, who did you have? Everton Football Club. I had Everton as well. It was Manchester City winning their fourth in a row. Which, that right? which next year, I'm just telling you now, League Cup, I'm putting down City. Because yeah. they just seem to always win the fucking League Cup. Uh, Dark Horse. This is the subjective one that we have to kind of debate a little bit. Who did right. you have? Uh, well, I mean, they're not a Dark Horse because they finished under in the top 10 and don't deserve it. 
I had Newcastle. I figured Newcastle was going to be 10th place. I thought they were going to be a dark horse. Yeah. Okay. I had Everton for lifting a trophy. They weren't a dark horse. Well, they didn't lift a trophy, so they they weren't the dark horse. They finished in 10th place. Yeah. Yeah. Which is... The Everton kind of what we do mid table. Yeah, that's your thing. Yeah, well, it's your thing now too. There, stud. Don't so forget there's that. no well, argument. Welcome to mid table. It's not a streak if it only sits at one. It's mid table life, man. <laughs> uh, golden boot winner. This is the last one. It was, of course, Harry Kane. Who did mm-hmm. you have? I had Raheem Sterling. For some reason, I have picked him two of the last three years. <laughs> Terrible shout. Yeah, you should get a negative point for that, and I should win. <laughs> no, so at least I picked a like a proper forward. Who'd you pick? Pierre. <laughs> like six goals this season. He was terrible this oh, season. Oh, absolutely. Pedal got that Fortnite money. <coughs> oh so my God. So this we, season's a draw. This season is a draw. Five to fucking five. To five. five. How do you fucking like that? Well, I guess they're going to have to have a season four of the Drunkard United football. Well, we got to have a rubber match. What a quinky dinky we will. We're one, um, one, and one. <clears throat> but on aggregate, you are still then ahead, Sam. That's you're, true. You're up eight to seven on aggregate. <laughs> So pitiful. Here we go. Uh, You know what? Credit to us. We actually, like, considering the best I've ever done is two, the worst I've ever done was zero. I'll take five gladly. Yeah. That's not bad. Out of 25 questions, Uh, is that 20%? Yeah, but we claim to know what we're talking about when it comes to this fucking league. 20% of the time. You know what? It works 100% of the time. You're damn right it does, Mr. Graham. (laughs) Here's the soundbite. Do you football show? They're improving. <laughs> Put that in the just, old press release. <laughs> just found the show title. <laughs> They're improving. <laughs> um, few few thoughts on the seasons, Sam, with some of the clubs and things like that. Um, I think we were both, you know, uh, I knew Man U was going to improve. I didn't think they were going to improve to being the second the best team. I thought Liverpool was going to fall back. I didn't think they were going to fall back and claw their way back into third. I thought they would just always be around third or fourth. Yeah. And Chelsea, I expected to be fantastic. The problem was not everybody was bedded in. I will say Chelsea's a very fair shout for next season. Yeah. After yeah. the display yesterday, beating City three times over the last what, two weeks, at, uh, whatever it was they played, there was the <laughs> FA Cup semifinal. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they played them in the league, and then they played them again, um, obviously, in the Champions League final yesterday. Uh, it is a bit insane um, that they that they were able to just handle City that way. Yeah. It, that, you know, I mean, Thomas Tuchel and Pep Guardiola, uh, you know, for as much as you could say about nerds, and uh, they're friends. You know, yeah. it seems. And they talk fairly frequently as far as I know. And they all, um, they share tactics and debate and talk and, you know, things that you would see like FDR and Winston Churchill doing over a cigar, <laughs> they're doing with salt and pepper shakers as uh, as their football teams at restaurants. So it's, um, I, he may just have his number, man. I think could, he beat him a couple times when he was Dortmund manager as well. But even just uh, Chelsea and Pep was in charge of Bayern. Even just Chelsea in general, they tend to have City's number, except for the one time this year when I picked Chelsea to beat City and City beat the shit out of them, which was the only time they beat them this entire year. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> but it's just crazy. So I, I mean, Chelsea's got to be in with a shout for next season. The only thing that the only problem you know, for Chelsea it, is is it's it's a knife's edge, right? Oh yeah, there's. There's no room for error. And if there's any bit of a slip up, like let's say what happened to Liverpool this year, 
There's no thought of even firing Klopp, none whatsoever. Like some idiot fans might have been like, Klopp out, what about? But no, even when they were in seventh and at their worst, there was never a talk of getting rid of Klopp. It was, we just got to regroup and recenter ourselves. Well, what do they say? If you, it, if you don't love me at my worst, then you don't deserve me at my best. Next season, if they're in seventh or eighth place, Tuchel will be fired. That's yeah. how Chelsea rolls. That's just, that is unlike any other club, because there's no other club where it's like that in England. Chelsea Football Club, it is a fucking knife's edge. That is all you, there's a reason why you just, you look at the carousel of managers because no one lasts more than two years in that joint. Right. No one. I mean, that's- Two, been, two and a half is kind of the shelf yeah. life. But the, um, you know, it just really is, especially with their Champions League win, it's just really refreshing to see a club, you know, build from the inside and <laughs> not spend a ton of money to, you know, get what they want. I, I am intrigued to see- because they clearly still need an out-and-out striker because it's not Werner. No, they have one. They just choose not to use him for whatever well, reason. It, and but, he's going to be Kareem Benzema's backup for France this summer as well, and it's right. Olivier Giroud, right. which who now apparently is in the shop window. Oh, of course. Um, because he's not fucking playing, and um, uh, Didier Deschamps just <laughs> brought mm -hmm. uh, 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 Kareem Benzema back in from the cold yeah. from France. Well, I can tell you right now that uh, Giroud will be sold. And I think Tammy Abraham will be loaned out again. I or think that's sold. probably right. And they're going to go make a play for a top-level striker and then have Werner play on the outside and occasionally fill in at striker. Yep. But I, I really do think that that's what's going to happen. But that's really, I mean, what other signings can they honestly make? They made a bunch this past off season because they had that surplus of cash. I don't really see them doing a big splash this this next summer. Um, it depends. Uh, there's still, you know, people may move on at, at some level as well still. Um, people that aren't happy or kind of marginalized, maybe, right. you know, Christian Pulisic, who famously left Dortmund when Tuchel was the coach. Right. Remember, it's, uh, <coughs> you know, did not care for his time there under mm -hmm. under his tutelage. Now he seems to trust him a bit more now. But yeah, also should note first American to ever play in uh, male American to ever mm -hmm. play in and win the Champions League. Yep, um, Christian Pulisic. I wonder. I wonder if he sees a loan somewhere next season. Uh, we'll have to see. But they're they're going to need to. Like Hakim Ziyech didn't play once Tuchel all, came in. Yeah. Didn't play hardly at all. And Ziyech and Ziyech during the start of the season was probably their most important player as right. far as creating things. So it just kind of. There, there may be some movement, and if there is some movement, Chelsea will always bring someone in. Yeah. They'll, they'll buy people just to loan them out. Yeah, that's you true. You know, specifically as well. So I think you will see them sign some people, maybe not as many as originally thought. Um, I think you might see someone like Billy Gilmore get loaned mm -hmm. out, who, under Frank Lampard, who was bringing some of the kids through, he, mm -hmm. obviously very young, Billy Gilmore, impressed right. and was playing well. Um, but obviously well, under Tuchel is just not, that's not his, his bag. There's no place for him to play between right. Mount, Conte, Jorginho, um, Jorginho and, um, and Kovacic. Uh, Kovacic. Like there's no place to play him. Now I wonder if maybe Jorginho gets moved on. That it's one possible. wouldn't surprise me because he's, he's coming for a lot of criticism this season as well. Well, and he's, he's a square peg in a round hole in that system. Yep. And where before initially I would have thought Conte would go to say somebody like a Madrid. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Madrid's going to have the money for Conte. 
Right. So I think well, no, because they're, they're still they're is. still looking for Mbappe. Yep. And if they spend 150, 175, 200 million on Mbappe, they're not going to have money for anything else. Well, uh, but there, there's going to be a massive summer clear out. There's talks that um, Rafael Varane, mm-hmm. Sergio Ramos, uh, a bunch of players, Marcelo, because he's a bit older now. Right. Um, uh, Gareth Bale may all be on the chopping block, and but, that's all kind of tossed up in the air because Zidane got let go again. But wait, Sammy, they're they're um, they're broke. Remember, they are um, broke. That's why they that's why they have to, to do the Super League. They are broke. They need for, There's a it's a very specific reason that four hundred million was what each club got because it would have put it, them on the right side. It would have put them and Barcelona on the right side. I mean, that's why you saw this season Atletico lift the title in La Liga. Well, I mean, I'm really excited and looking forward to Modric, uh, seeing, Cruz, seeing UEFA. Those are other players that can move on. Isco, they're talking about a bunch, man. I'm excited to see uh, UEFA go ahead and uh, charge, uh, you know, Real Madrid and uh, Barcelona for financial fair play. I mean, that's... Nice. Yeah, that's coming. Well, they they probably they have to no, stand what in line. I told you there was a joke, Sam, because we know it's not going to fucking happen. No, they have it's to, not going to happen. Well, it's not going to happen because they have to stand in line behind the Spanish tax authorities. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Um, allegedly, Sam. Allegedly, kind of going through the middle of the ta- <laughs> uh, the 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 back end of the top ten. A uh, a dream season for fucking Leeds. You cannot ask for anything more. Like that's not for your first season back that's in. That's phenomenal. I mean, they are previous, you know, European Cup winners. I yeah. think they actually won one, right? Right. Well, when you look at when Wolves did it, and Wolves ended up getting, um, Wolves got into Europe. When Wolves got promoted, everybody already knew that was a team built to play in the top half of the uh, of the Premier League. So we kind of knew that was coming. With Leeds, it was like, what's Marcelo Ball gonna? look like? How's it going to translate to the Premier League? Are they going to be able to handle the physicality? Will teams be able to figure out this style quickly? Well, guess what? They didn't, you right. know? There yep. were games. Now, Now, there's one thing Leeds fans should look at and go, great, we finished in, in ninth. We had this great finish. Remember, that's the fuck all part of the season too. Right. So you went from being you know, 12th, 13th and then you, because you gave a shit and other clubs didn't give a shit, you shot up the fucking table. So remember that when you look at things, because look at where you were and how how soon were you kind of out of the conversation. Yeah, exactly. But still, the Sleeping Giant's back. You know, that's big right. for them. That's big. That's Absolutely. That's huge. 100%. I, I would like to see. Now, they seem like they're very well drilled. They seem mm-hmm. like they've got their fitness underneath of them uh, and everything else. I would like to see in a normal situation season where everyone else is not knackered, mm-hmm. I want to see how they fare. True. I want to see if they have that February drop-off <clears throat> because right. that is it, traditionally what Marcelo Bielsa sides do, and we've talked about they, that before. They did a little this season. Right, they did. But the, 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 but the other thing is, is everyone else was just as knackered as they were. Right. Be it like Villa, who didn't have a European competition, kept <clears throat> having these weeks where they would have to play a makeup game. So they had an extra game for yeah. you know, right. right before they hit the weekend where they wouldn't normally have done that. Right. So I want to see if that next season, when we have a quote unquote normal season, if that's going to then affect Leeds in a different <clears throat> way, where I think this season in particular, because right. everybody was fucked. It helped them. Yeah. Because they're a enough. decent footballing side. Yeah. Oh, they're, absolutely. They, you know, they played very well. They played attractive stuff. I mean, you said it uh, in, in your glowing praise a minute ago. Yeah. It's just, 
I wonder if everyone else also being fucking exhausted played into their hands a bit. And we'll see if they're really as good as we think they are this coming season. Right. Um, now, when it comes to, to West Ham, uh, this is also a knife's edge situation because it's awesome. They're getting to play in Europe. They exceeded expectations. We've been talking about it for because a few weeks. Because your coach ferries people to Hades? Well, is that, it's but on here's a knife's edge because you might die. What do the Dildo <laughs> brothers do with the money? Do they actually invest into the team or do they just look at him and go, well, you're playing in Europe, so we're going to take that uh, you know, $50 million and put it in our pocket and uh, have a great day. Go get them. Right. Like, and then if you ask this team to play more games and you don't improve them, they're going to fall hard. You know, because we've seen this classically over and over. We've seen it happen to Everton. We've seen it happen to Southampton. We saw it happen famously to Bolton, which ultimately oh, yeah. saw them in League One at uh, League Two. I don't at think one that's going to happen to West Ham at this right, point. But but but, but what, do, what do they do to reinvest into the club and to make sure that they're success? Because they've got the bones to stick around right where they are and challenge year in and year out. Right. It's the right system, the right people. It's good. And you can make tweaks to it and make it better, but it can also go horrifically wrong. There's a reason why we both picked them in 20th place. Absolutely. Because at the start of the season, it was fucking shambles. Well, you better smoky wrote an obituary for them. Mm -hmm. It was fucking shambles. You know, no one knew this was going to happen, but David Moyes worked his magic. You uh -huh. know what I mean? But at the, as you say, it's a knife edge. If somebody gets hurt, if Fabianski goes down, what are they going to do? If Agbona yeah. goes down or Michael Dawson goes down, they have nobody to replace either of those players. Yep. You still have a summer where there's going to be a bit of a bidding war for Declan Rice. There's going to be a bit of a bidding war for Thomas Suchek, I yep. think. Oh, yeah. And while both of those players, as West Ham showed them the faith and David Moyes showed them the faith, I think they, they owe it to West Ham to show it back. <laughs> For their first season, especially losing the figurehead and Mark Noble, who's joining yeah. the backroom staff. Right, and you're gonna you're in Europe. You're you're playing exactly it, where you right. want to be. So continue in the in the case of especially uh, Declan Rice being a younger player, continue your growth. You're Absolutely. now playing in Europe. You don't need to jump to fucking Champions League already. Just fucking continue your fucking development. You know, continue to grow as a player. Next year, ask for it. Like you know, right? Next year, ask for the transfer. But right. they showed the faith in you. Who also last season barely escaped relegation. Right, precisely. Um, and you were part of that team, Declan, right? You know what I mean? So you developed, you grew a bit. You know, you found this partner in Suchek that arguably was the best defensive midfield, uh, midfield partnership in the country. Mm -hmm. Let that blossom a bit more. I said, same thing with Suchek, I think. Stick around. Now, Ride this wave, and then next season, if you <laughs> say you finish in the semifinals of the Europa League, maybe you 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 get close to an FA Cup, and you finish in seventh. You're going to have a ton of suitors still. Yeah. Now, now what West Ham need though is a striker, right? Uh, to to back up Antonio, and I think um, that person could be Olivier Giroud. He'd be perfect for him. I know he would be. Yeah. Also, wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be against uh, them probably trying to make a play to get a loan out of uh, Abraham. Mm -hmm. Abraham mm -hmm. would be a great piece to have. Good call. Absolutely. You know? And he knows how to score in Claret and Blue because he scored a fuck ton of goals for a villain, the Claret right? and Blue. No shit. Down in the championship. Um, the next three, I kind of want to talk to it as a collective unit, right? Um, with Arsenal, Everton, and Tottenham. I see here... Three teams that are all good enough to play in Europe. Mm -hmm. But of these three, I see two where I see progression forward. 
And if you told me to put money on them, I would put money on Everton and Arsenal first and foremost. And the one I see going in the opposite direction is fucking Tottenham. Especially if Harry Kane gets his wish and gets his move. And gets his move because then that means, okay, great. Son will play one season where he's the guy and then he will want his fucking move. Yep. There's going to be no Gareth Bale. Yeah. Uh, suppose, supposedly. He's going back to Real Madrid. He did say, finally, though, that his next move would shock the world. Okay. I fucking know what that means. Uh, is he going to go to the fucking MLS? Woo. Well, I don't know, because Zidane's gone now, who's the one that hates him. So he may start loving life in Madrid again. Who knows? And he can't get past that Spanish sun and those luscious, luscious greens. <laughs> I heard. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel like these three teams are all kind of in the same spot. I just feel like two are moving forward and one Absolutely, is moving Absolutely, 100%. Back. Yeah, and Ryan Mason's not the fucking answer. No. So but now it, it's going to depend upon who they get, right? right? And somebody like Antonio Conte, who just got fired at Inter after winning their first Scudetto in 11 years, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Famously, kind of like Tuchel, is not very good at managing up. Right. So you bring him in as a two-year stopgap? Well, hopefully you find a, a manager like a Pep or a, right. an Ancelotti or somebody that needs a job. Do you bring him in as a two-year stopgap and then give him a boatload of money? Right. That's why there's talk now of bringing <laughs> Pochettino back from PSG. Just to have him... Just be like, hey, sorry. Yeah. Like, understand we couldn't give you money because we were building a stadium, yeah. come, you come, know, but could, we wanted you to stay. You were doing something great here. Come back. We need you to keep Kane here. Exactly. Yeah. But I don't know now... At Kane's age, this is his last big move. Yeah. I don't know that Pochettino will be enough to keep him there because Harry Kane wants to lift fucking trophies. And it's very obvious he's not going to do that with Tottenham. They need a new goalkeeper. Yeah. Hugo yeah. Lloris has passed it, in my yeah. opinion. But I, 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 I don't know. I don't know if they're going to pay for a keeper, though. And they also need some central defense. Oh, yeah. I could see at the Euros, honestly, I could see <laughs> Lloris start. Have a gaff in either the first or second group game, mm. and Edward Mendy becomes a French goalkeeper. Yeah, Mendy or even uh, isn't uh, Fulham's uh, Loney? Didn't he declare for France? I don't know. No, I think he was. No, I think he was Ariola. with France. Ariola. Yeah, I think oh, he is was he French. I think he was France's backup in the World Cup. I didn't know he was French. Yeah, uh, fr yeah France. he's French. I didn't know France. he was French. French. <laughs> what is that? When you take French dressing and ranch dressing and, and mix, mix it them? together, yeah. French. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, what do they call it? Makeup or ketchup? When they do the ketchup and mayonnaise yes. fry dip yeah. thing, like whatever. People call it fry dip. That's what normally it's called. <laughs> they just sauce. call it fry dip That's or fry it. sauce. That's I was just trying to put the words it. together. Yeah, Shorten sure. it. You you weren't Combined. doing it very well at all. None of these times. <laughs> In fact, all of these times you have failed. <laughs> all of these failed. times so far. Um, we're doing a new uh, way of showing us times. Oh, and it is that what it was? Kind of confused Sam there for a second. He was like, huh? I was wondering why she was showing me 20th birthday balloons before. Moving on to the bottom half of the table. Uh, let's talk about the five teams that finished between 10th and, I mean, 11th and uh, 16th, right? 15th. Um, Villa, they're going to have to learn life without Jack, right? I think they're starting to do that, though. I don't know. I think Jack has one more season at Villa. Personally, <clears throat> you don't think Jack gets sold this season? I don't. Okay. The reason the reason is uh, is the amount of money Villa is going to want for him. Mm -hmm. One, I don't know that he's necessarily worth. Mm -hmm. And who's got it? 
That's true. That's true. So I think he has one more, and he just signed himself because he's also signed himself up to what a five-year deal. Last mm-hmm. contract he signed is only a season into. Yeah. So you wouldn't know any of that from all of the uh, social media speculation and all of the uh, news posts that post the bullshit because mm-hmm. Jack indicated in his social media. Jack did a nod in this tweet. Jack winked at that person walking across the street. That means he's going here. Uh, that means he's trying to fuck. <laughs> well, as he Villa tends fucks. to do, because Villa fucks. <laughs> There's every, uh, That's all I, you I can assert from a wink. With all those links, I don't click on any of them, because every week it's Jack nodded here, Jack looks here, Jack <laughs> indicates here. Jack, Jack! Fuck well, off. Hey, hey, Pub Gardens did open back up, so he's looking, <laughs> nodding, and winking all over the goddamn place, all right? They had a very, <laughs> Sorry, very Russ. productive off-season <laughs> last year with the people that they signed. And those players immediately bedded in, particularly like Ollie Watkins, uh, Triori, Matty Cash. Um, the one that I would be concerned about if I was Villa, very quietly, because you brought him in for cheap, Matty fucking Cash. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was going to say the same thing. Do you know who I think would love to sign Matty fucking Cash? Everton fucking football club. They need a right fucking back. Conspiracy. I think I'm that's calling right. conspiracy on this shit. You know why? Mm-hmm. Why? He bought me a Matty Cash jersey. And I said, oh, is he going to stay with the team? Oh, yeah, honey. He'll be with the team for a long time. Fall, I said a couple more years. Fall in love with Matty Cash. Become Matty Cash's biggest fan, girly. This is all an attempt to manipulate me into becoming an Everton fan. Could be. You really love yourself that much, That's, don't you? If we I, weren't no, talking about... Is, feel, do I think if, you're if, that clever to plan I mean, wait a like second. this far in advance? Wait a second. That's the thing is you're giving him that much credit now. to hey. plan two, three years ahead. I don't think so. Hey, hey. Yeah. In the famous words of Carly Simon. Oh, no. You're so vain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank God. I thought I was going to be uh, hit the mute button. No, uh, In the famous words of Adam Harrell. Hit the fucking mute button. So, so in, in, in with all of that, what, what Villa's going to have to be very careful of, because also, let's face it, Tyrone Mings may get a look from a few Absolutely. bigger clubs. So. That, that Villa team could be picked apart. But like I said, to somebody like Villa, and this is no disrespect, in the position that they're in, those players are worth more because they don't really have adequate replacement for them. Right. So when you look at like somebody like Brighton, <laughs> if they wanted to sell Lewis Dunk, you're going to need to pay $45 million. Not necessarily worth $45 million, right? but Brighton needs to be able to afford a replacement. And trying to draw someone into Brighton, yeah, right, is yeah. takes a little extra cash sometimes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I feel. So I, feel I like, think Villa is the same sort of situation. Even though Birmingham is the second biggest city in England and all that kind of stuff, I feel there's like enough of are, a draw. But my my yeah. point is, is that if Jack, no one's paying fifty million for Jack Grealish this summer, right, it's just not going to happen. No, he's worth fifty five, sixty million to Villa, right? And they will not, they have a four year four years further on his contract. That they can hold him to. Yeah. So they're going to hold out until people do have money again. Right. Is my point. We need so to I get- think all of them are stuck for a year. Um, now, Matty Cash may be different with somebody like Mushari. You know, there there may be a, a little wiggle room. As Mushari you say, may they, come and say, I got 40. Right. And, and they bought him on the cheap. Yeah. They're like, okay, yeah. Right. And <laughs> we'll the, go find another one in the championship. Well, that's the thing. Right. As a right back, it's a little bit less valuable of a position. Yeah. Um, because there's more of them. I mean, just look at the problem Gareth Southgate has with England. Yeah. He, there's arguably four people that could start it right back. Yeah. Got you know what I'm saying? So yeah. they're a dime a dozen in that country, apparently. 
Exceptionally, uh, an exceptionally mediocre one at left back. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. But right back, got a it's, ton. Yeah. It's, it's, they're um, spoiled for riches. Now, uh, and kind of keeping within that, um, Newcastle, uh, it's all a mirage. Don't fucking believe it. Like, oh, absolutely. Um, Ashley's going to fuck this off. Maximone is going to get sold at not at what his value is because Ashley just likes to make a fucking dollar. And he's like, where you talk about Villa holding on to an asset and going, he is worth 55 to 60 million. St. Maximon is worth somewhere between 45 to 55 million. Ashley will sell him for 35. Right. Because Ashley likes a pound note. <laughs> Loves a pound note. <laughs> like, so, so I, I mean, it's unfortunate, but this is, I mean, and you can you know ask, who I, I think he could cash in on who, because he also has a very promising goalkeeper on loan right now as well. I think he could sell Martin Dubravka to Manchester United. Oh, that is a good play. Yeah. Is proven. Mm -hmm. Good. Carl Darlow played his ass off while Dubravka was hurt. Mm -hmm. So you have a ready made step in. And then you've got this kid on loan. Uh, I think at Brentford. Mm -hmm. I might be wrong. Yeah. But played very fucking well this season as, as well. Throw him in as your backup. He's yep. the backup now. Comes back to the club. You make $50 million and don't really miss a Man, beat. Man U pisses off and gets rid of De Gea. They make Henderson the number one. But just in case. Uh, I don't even Dubravka's think, they, I don't even think they do right that. Behind I, th you. I think Dubravka steps right in as number one. Yeah. But they... I you heard it here first. I okay. think that's a, a definite possibility, and I think he'll be cheaper, as you say, because he loves a pound note. Mm. And Mushari's got money. Mushari doesn't need the money. I think Manchester United might, might look off Jordan Pickford. Right now, uh, with in the case of Southampton, I feel more secure about Southampton at the end of this season than I have at other seasons. It seems like Hassan Hoodle has a plan, has a system has players that are buying into that system. And God forbid you lose a Danny Ings, it won't destroy you. Right. In, in it well, just, all you have to do is lose 9-0 once a season to galvanize the team, and then they'll go yeah. on a run, and it'll be fine. I, I just, <laughs> well said. I don't see, each season I've looked at them, and I've told you at the end of the season, I'm like, I fear for them. I think they're going to go down. This season, I can look across at you and I go, they're comfortably mid-table. Yeah, I think they'll like, be fine. Yeah. They'll, they'll be fine. Now, I'd be worried about their late-season form where they were... Up and down abysmal a little. Yeah. Yeah, in, they, in some of those games, just absolutely abysmal. <clears throat> I mean, look at the last game of the season. Was well, I think... Garbage. I think they just knew they were safe. Well, it could really be as well. Yeah, I mean, we, we talked yeah. about a couple of weeks ago where Southampton and Wolves yeah. were... It was like, fuck it. But <laughs> Who I, cares? I think, but, but in the case of Southampton, there's something to be said for security and management, yeah, which no, is not absolutely. something they've yeah, had yeah. before. Um, and something Wolves now has to worry about. Right. Which is what uh, the, the next couple that we're about to talk about, the, all three of them, I fear for in Wolves, in Crystal Palace, and in Brighton. It can all go very right. Now, Brighton has a solidified manager, but they may get stripped of assets. Absolutely. Like, lose Basuma. That midfield's not fucked. Yeah, that midfield's not very because you can't expect Lalana to play fucking thirty eight games. He's going to give you maybe fifteen to twenty. Right, tops maybe. Right, tops. You know, it's at the extreme <laughs> end of top. It's mm, nerving, right? Mm -hmm. So they've and and they've got assets that people are going to want. 
Yeah. Like, there are players on that team. Trissard. They're going to want. Uh, Lamptey is a loan from Chelsea, right, I believe? Uh, off the top of my head, I don't remember, but yeah. possibly. Yeah. But he also suffered a major injury. So, you know, but uh, Sanchez, the keeper. Yep. Fucking, I think that's another one Manchester United could look at. You know, like, there's, there's, there's valuable assets on that team. And Potter's got a great system, but he also likes to give away leads, which... That can hurt you. No, that's you. Bielsa's job. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> so that could hurt you. But the two bigger ones to really look at is is Wolves and Palace. All about the low-hanging fruit. Heard. <laughs> uh, with, with Wolves and Palace, you have iconic managers walking away. In the case of Wolves, a very specific system that had a very <laughs> tight role between agent, management, and manager that made everything work. Right. I am most nervous for Wolves. Mm -hmm. uh, who goes, who stays. Like because it, it could go very fucking wrong. I mean, think about how Palace was between Big Sam, Alan Pardew, and a couple of the other ones, right, mm -hmm. that were there. They were consistently, what, 11th to 15th kind of range. Right. Um, and, and in that sort of time frame, went down a couple times, came back up a couple times, fired a few managers, mm -hmm. blah, 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 blah. Then you get in Frank DeBoer, and... It, they lost their first six, I think it was, in a row, mm -hmm. or first four in a row, whatever it was. Jose Mourinho had a lot to say about that, too, by the right. way. <laughs> uh, but they were in real fucking danger. Right. And then they hired Roy Hodgson, and then they became safe. They now have assets, though. They can sell Zaha. They can sell... Oh, well, I think Zaha is actually end of his contract. Right. But they have people that they could sell to raise money to actually reinforce their team, is well, my and point. You and you talk about... You know, the key thing that they brought in, the key piece they brought in as a Achilles tendon injury out for all of next season. Oh, fuck that's off. That's a fucking I didn't wreck. That. Oh, yeah. That's a, that's a that's huge. A dagger. That's a dagger. You know, so like um, you look at them and you're like, okay, they brought in some young players. They're starting to transition. Yep. They're making people earn their jobs. They're going to probably sign the right pieces, let the right pieces go. Like this is, it's a transition, but this transition could work out really well. And then Eze gets hurt. Yeah. And now you got to be going, uh-oh. Fuck. Right. And uh, so Wolves and Palace are the two that I really worry yeah. about. And and it all comes down to this appointment. Because if they hire somebody mm -hmm. and the Portuguese don't care for him, yeah, it's going to be, you could find a mass exodus. Like Jao Matinho, mm -hmm. yes, he's a little older. He could find another team in a heartbeat. Well, you think. And he's a saleable asset, right? So you could get 15 million for a 31-year-old Jao Matinho. Or 30, uh, 32, um, maybe? Something like Connor, that. Connor Cody could mm -hmm. be a, a, a team that likes to play a three-back system. It's a great plug-and-play guy for anyone in the top ten. I think you might see Manchester coming for him as well. You play a three-back, oh, especially because you need someone but you have to Luke, play next to fucking but you have, you McGuire. Have, well, yeah, but Lindelof's been all right. Yeah. But you put you move to Lindelof, Cody, and Maguire. Because Maguire used to play a three. And then you have Luke mm -hmm. Shaw running the wing on one side and Juan Basaka running the side. wing on the other mm -hmm. side. I think that'd be all right. Yeah. So there's those two teams I really kind of fear for if it doesn't get right. Yep. And in the case of Brighton, I fear for they're, simply because be they in their, just... They're going to be in their camps, too. Yeah. Like watching yeah. the news. Who's the new mm -hmm. boss? Who's the new boss? Yeah. And you may see some of those Portuguese players go call their agents from the hotel, say, "Give me the fuck out of here." Yeah. Now looking down to the uh, the very very bottom of the table, funny enough, 
I think Burnley's going to be perfectly fine. Yeah, of course they will. Why wouldn't yeah. they? Because there's some investment. There's talk, there's talk of them buying Mitrovic. Uh, there's investment in the club, right? Mm-hmm. So there's new owner. Now, they need fans in the stadium because fans in the stadium pays for the payroll. They desperately need that, right? Mm-hmm. Which not having it this year, you saw the struggles they went through because there just wasn't the capital. Fucking like, you let a guy yeah, like yeah. Hendricks just go on a free. Because yep. you can't afford them. It was poor planning and, as well. And you had to bring in nothing but kids that were from League One or League Two to fill out your roster. And then you had to fucking play them too, you know? Now, there are assets that people could want to go after, Tchaikovsky or McNeil. But I have a feeling people probably aren't going to go pluck them this year. I don't think they are either. You know? Because Burnley and, would require money for them. And, and I feel like Burnley... Of all those guys, I feel like Burnley is going to go right back to their 11th place where they belong. I just feel like that's where they're going to go. So there's talk of them going in for Mitrovic. Mm-hmm. And I'm just wondering if Sean Dice is planning like a coup. Because <laughs> a forward three of Mitrovic, um, Chris Wood, and Ashley Barnes. I mean, really, that's that's like an SAS hit squad. Yeah. Isn't it? <laughs> That is Heard. a hard-nosed front line. Heard. And uh, with, with the, with and the then teams... Ashley Barnes will give you a little kiss. So with the teams going down, we're about to talk to Jason in the next segment anyways for yes. Fulham. Who do you think is the most likely to come back up? Fulham. Right there with you. 100%. Who do you, who do you think is the most likely to fall down to League One? West Brom. Agree with you 100%. Uh, who do you because- think is most likely to just go back to being normal championship mediocrity? Sheffield United. <laughs> Very good. Um, exact same way. First time in, in uh, Premier League history that part of the surname or the entire surname of the manager also coincided with the position in which they finished. <laughs> Heck and bottom. Yeah. They were in 20th place. They were <laughs> bottom of the table. With a very heavy heart, we have bid adieu to a few of our friends that unfortunately got relegated from the Premier League this season. And uh, this one actually hurts a little because we really like these fucking people. And their uh, manager's hot as fuck. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's he's a damn fine looking man. So at this time. I got to get me one of those winter blazers. That looks awesome. So in the, I guess the most Fulhamish way I can say, let us welcome Jason. Jason, how you doing, brother? Hey man, I'm I'm doing pretty good. Uh, you know, I I got my uh, Scott Parker pillow in my bed, and you know, kiss him good night every night, and that's my solace. I cry. Please let it uh, be like a body pillow, like a pregnancy body yeah, pillow that's full length. Course, Scott Parker. I you you know what? Absolutely. I support Everton, and I want one of those pillows. <laughs> hey, hey, Jason, where can, where can I get that pillow? <laughs> Yeah, actually, Jason, where can my wife get that pillow? Let's <laughs> yeah. work for me. That's right. Uh, Scott, ScottParkerOnly.com. Only ScottParker.com yeah, instead of OnlyFans. Yeah. That's funny as fuck. I, I got to say, so from the neutral perspective for, for Sam and I, there was throughout the season, we kept seeing these moments where it was like, okay, they're turning a corner. Here it is. They're turning a corner. Here it is. And then yeah. they fuck off. And then, oh, wait, we're going to give you a second chance. Here it is. Here it is. Yeah. And then it just got fucked up. I mean, what do you ultimately think it was for your club this go around in the Prem that just didn't fucking click? Um. Well, you know, like you, you compare your, your recent past 
and, and coaches and things like that. And I think in 1819, when we got promoted or we're in the Premier League, we just, we just weren't quality. We just weren't. And then it hurts more this go round in some ways because we beat Leicester away. We beat Liverpool and tied Liverpool. You know, you can go, we, we tied Tottenham. We, you know, almost beat Arsenal. Obviously, you guys probably talked about that. And, and so it was that, I think it was a short window. We had about a month from the playoff final to the beginning of the season. Um, you know, COVID, I think, I think COVID really hurt us too. And that 2000 fans and the Emirates and 2000 fans in Craven Cottage is significantly different in that, like, it's such an old ground and you, you feel the presence from the fans. And, mm-hmm. um, I think that the quality could have been there, but, um, I think it's just a little bit of, of those factors mixed in with, with how many lone players we did have. And it just, it just didn't quite click. We didn't do the jobs on the teams right above us. Yeah. We beat in Tide Sheffield. We beat in Tide West Brom. And then we beat the teams in like the top half of the table, but we couldn't beat the Burnleys. We couldn't beat the Newcastle. So. I remember um, specifically a Brighton game that you guys ended up drawing nil-nil. And it was like, at that point, they were right above you in the table. And it was like, there it is. There's the fucking moment. Yeah. Go fucking take it. And it was just like, okay, well, a nil-nil doesn't hurt us, but it yeah. sure as fuck we, doesn't help us. No, exactly. Yeah. I mean, the, yeah. the biggest thing is I saw throughout the season Scott Parker really did organize and figure out defensively what you all needed to do. Uh, I think Anderson, probably one of the best players that you had this season, uh, was was fantastic, uh, the center back from Sweden. Yeah, and, and we had a really um, good center back pairing. But you too, could yeah. not score um, goals. You couldn't score goals was mm-hmm. the problem. Josh Maja did not fucking do it. Uh, and, but you spent so much money on him, and then he comes in and debut two goals. Yeah. You're like, this is the end-all, be-all. And then the he fucking didn't do a found. goddamn thing the rest of the time. Yeah. Uh, let's not yeah, remind I, me of Josh Marshall. I, I'm just saying, my, my point is, <laughs> what, what I'm saying is, my, my point is, if you all had signed Danny Welbeck and not Brighton, you'd be in the Premier League right now. If you well, got 11 goals this season from Danny Welbeck, you'd be in the Premier League. Those nil-nils would be one-nils. Yeah, and and I think that you you're kind of hinting at the you're, you're recognizing like the symptoms of a larger sickness, which is it's going to come up eventually. But whatever's living um, in Shahid Khan's mustache. Well, that is his son is living in his mustache. His father's shadow. And, I think there's syphilis in that thing. Uh, there might be. There might be, and it's big Tony Khan, but like. Yeah, he, so he, 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 we need a full-time director of football. Whatever your opinions are on Scott Parker, some want him to go, some want him to stay. I'm like, can we get somebody better? Then maybe we look at that. If we can't, I think Scott Parker's good enough to cement it. But we need a full-time director of football. We don't need a director of football that's working with the Jacksonville Jaguars and working with wrestling, you know, the wrestling. Yeah, 100%. I said, I think Scott Parker's good enough personally. But both of us are the of the opinion that uh, sacking him 
when the team as the team goes down is hands down the worst mistake that could be made. But he's yeah, he's organized I, I think, the side. the The side plays good football. Yeah, if they had somebody to finish chances, you would still be in the Premier League. That's what I'm saying. I mean, Scott Parker's yeah. a good coach. He went beyond his means with what he had this season, and there was just no finishing capability. Yeah, and and that's that's definitely part of it. And the thing I like about Scott Parker is he's been there. He's done it all. He was like nine years old and. And a McDonald's commercial dribbling a ball. He's been around soccer or football his whole life. So, so it's like he's a man manager, and he like so after the the heartbreaking Wolves game, the Wolves game where they scored Troy scores his first goal of the season. Um, you know, Lamina is crying because he worked so hard. He's a lone player; he doesn't have to care. Right. He truly doesn't have to care. But yeah. he's and he gets got him even on home players playing hard for him. And so you can see that he's a quality manager in that respect. So if we can give him the tools, you know, yeah. can he, can he get, keep us in the Premier League? And I think if we had more time, I, you know, between the, the off season and, and the beginning of the, you know, not just a month, then maybe yeah. we could have done. Oh, you—you you guys had a horrific start. I mean, well, that's one of the things you—you you guys dug yourself such a big grave to have to get out of. Well, we right always do. Job. We yeah, always not even that. That's, so all, that's also one of the tough things to talk about from last season that no one really is, as far as I've seen, in, in terms of the the general, you know, accepted media. Not us. <laughs> yeah. But the general accepted yeah. media uh, hasn't talked about what kind of a stop start. Off season, this was. They had a month to prepare. Yeah, they had a month to get their things together. Not three, like right. normal. You know, two and a half, three, three months to get and, their shit together. And you could say there was no oh, time for had- negotiation. There was no time for anything. And then it, uh, because of the tail end of last season, there was no money. Well, you could also say, oh, you had three months off in the middle of the year. It well, yeah, when, when COVID happened, you didn't even know if you're going to fucking play football again. Like, you didn't know what was yeah. going on. So, yeah. and there was That's also there was no time. Yeah, <laughs> but the, exactly. And there was, you were still trying to train, but train on your own. How could you yeah. be Matt Sharp? How could you truly be fit doing this by yourself on Zoom with the strength yeah. coach? Like, that, yeah. it's not the same. You know what I mean? <laughs> It's not yeah. the same thing. Uh, Jason, I have a, a, a question for you specifically about the relationship with the cons and uh, Parker. I know right after that relegation had been made official, uh, Scott did exactly what a professional manager should do. We're not talking about this right now. We're not talking about my future. What I care about is my players yeah. and finishing out the season. And apparently the cons didn't like that. They like, I, no one ever, the you know, from what we've seen, no one ever really explained what was going on there. Like, what's the dynamic right now between ownership and Parker? Because I would be, I mean, if I'm the owner of a football club, I'm like, this is exactly the guy I want to fucking coach my team as we go down because he's got the players' ears. They want to play for him, and it seems like everything's going well. But the cons didn't like his responses and his answers and was it his honesty? What the fuck is going on there? Well, that's that's something that, I mean, Fulham is notorious for uh, keeping, especially transfers, close to the best until, like, the last, you know, you find out about them when they report them the last day, and, and things are usually close to the best and kept in-house, but 
the the deal is Scott Parker, like like I said, he's been in football for all his life. And so now you have this um, owner son come in. And I'm sure that Tony Khan is trying to do a good job. Okay. I'm sure, but enthusiasm doesn't make up for experience. So it doesn't matter how enthusiastic you are. And if I'm Scott Parker, I'm looking at this, this guy that's come in with no credentials, doesn't even work full time for the club that I care about because he came back from Tottenham after he had played in Captain Outside. He obviously likes Fulham and has, you know, wants to work here. And you're thinking, do I want to stay? Can I can I stand? And it was the same with uh, Yurkanovich beforehand that got us promoted before. Mm-hmm. There was a contentious relationship because our he's really a coach and not a manager, and he does not have final say on transfers. So I'm worried about getting a quality manager in that's out there, you know, that, you know, maybe it's not top draw, but has, you know, floated around and might get a chance to like, you know, make a statement again with a, with a smaller ish club like Fulham. Mm-hmm. And they won't want to come to Fulham to, to, to manage it. They can't have say so over their transfers. They'll, they'll say, Oh no, I'll go to, you know, Brighton or Newcastle or there'll be another better job where I can have more control. Yeah. So that's so, really the conten- the contention there. I don't think Shad Khan is I think he's left it up to his son, but that is that's the contention is between, you know, having that control and and the respect there. And so I'm I'm fully on Scott Parker's side in this case. Um, because our transfers aren't aren't panning out over the past few years as far as like our transfer policy. So we're leaving it very late in the window and we need to get deals done sooner. So we have a set side. And um, so Scott Parker is just leaving his options open, which is exactly what I would do because um, we don't have a full-time director of football. He's doing all these other things couple other thoughts then going piggybacking off of you talking about the transfers how how many loanee players did you have that were brought in this year uh, for, forgive me for not knowing right off the top of my head because i know there were a lot how many of these key players are you keeping how many of these key players are going back to parent clubs um well a lot of them are going to go back because they don't want to play in the championship i mean okay. They, and, and if they think they can, imp- they've impressed enough to get a move somewhere else, and that team will pay it. I think Anderson's fee is like twenty-five million, and you know, but he's proven himself. But um, you know, that's why I want to keep Parker because I think Parker can convince some of these guys, maybe like Lamina, or um, now we have some players on a, you know, like Tosin, uh We bought. Okay. Uh, he was on loan, but we bought him from from Man City, and so it, it just remains to be seen. But there's about seven or eight players on that bubble. You would, you would, I would say maybe we can keep a couple guys that that maybe they think they can enhance their stock, and um, but most of them will probably go back to their parent club, try to get a loan at a at a team in the in the top division. So I don't think we'll keep many of our lone players. That being said, we don't have a terrible championship side, but 
Um, that's actually perfect. Well, look, that's look, what I was going to Josh Bryan or whatever. Yeah. I don't remember his first name, to be honest. Joe Bryan. Joe Bryan, sorry. Yeah. That's Scoring what I was going to feedback on game of was, the season. Yeah. what's the team going to be in the championship? So but perfect. At, at the same time, how does Joe Bryan feel? You didn't trust me in a fucking Premier League. Exactly. I was one of the ones that got you there, you cunt. You know what I mean? Does he turn yeah, up this and, and season so, now? And go, oh, do you need me again? Suddenly you need that. me again. Yeah, exactly. And and that's what you think as a player. You think, oh, well, but this is kind of the brilliant thing, or I don't want to say brilliant, but good thing. That's why we dug ourselves such a hole at the beginning of the season, because we didn't just, Scott Parker didn't automatically put these loanies in. He didn't just say, oh, you showed up from uh, PSG? Uh, well, I guess you can go in uh, gold. It's like, no, you have to earn your spot. And if these guys don't do well, you know, Joe Bryan didn't do well at the beginning of the season. Tim Ream didn't do well at the beginning of the That's season. Tim Ream didn't so do well lost. last time they were in the Premier League. <laughs> <laughs> no, we yeah, did not. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. So they lost their spot, you know, more or less fair and square, you could say. And they did make a lot of players like Joe Bryan did make cameos throughout the season, but that's why I like Scott Parker too. It doesn't matter who you are. You you have to earn your spot. And if you don't and, and player, you have to come by it honestly. And I think players can get down with that. They can respect that. Um, even though it looks like that kind of, um, and it, I'm sure there is a little bit of that feeling. Oh, now, now you come to me, you know, on the day of my daughter's wedding type thing. So, right. yeah. Yeah. um, hey, it's, it's, Feels like you're kind of where our minds were. So the, our, our kind of thought process, we took the three teams that are going down and we felt like, who's the one that's in the most trouble? We felt it's West Brom because Big Sam came in and completely yeah. fucked it up. Like oh, he, yeah. he brought in oh, all yeah. his pieces. He disenfranchised the uh, decent players that were there. If there's any good assets, AKA Pereira or Johnston, they're gone. They're gone. They're getting, they're getting mm, bought. Yeah. And then then we said, who's comfortable in the championship? Sheffield, because it's where they really belong. Who do we think's coming right the back, right back up? We feel like it's you. And I really think it's Parker is the key. You keep Parker, you let him get the those guys back in, hunkered down, and play a little smarter. But it also sounds like there's a greater problem with what the cons are going to do. Are, are they going to be for the lack of a better term, like Dan Schneider at, at the football team in Washington, where he just has to put his fingers into everything and fuck it up? Or is he going to let his manager manage his team? Because this team's pretty fucking good. They're decent. Team's good enough to be in the prem. They're absolutely it's a good decent. enough team. Yeah. Well, that, and here's the thing with that. We, yeah, Tony Khan, it, it does does the transfer policies are not great and it's hard to work with that as a manager or coach or whatever label you want to put on him. Technically he's a coach, not a manager right now, but, um, there are the detract, the detractors of Scott Parker, Parker ball will say he doesn't make the subs a lot of times at the right time. Or when the pressure's on, he doesn't try and get creative. Um, and you know, we, we are like, we are a creative side normally. And we do, um, we are fun to watch normally. That's kind of in our, in, in our soul. Like we do like to play and we do like to pass and we do like to, um, you know, entertain with, with our football. But 
Parker doesn't do that sometimes. He does he does hunker down and he and which I thought would work for us a lot better in the Premier League and it kind of did compared to eighteen nineteen, but um we you also got that goddamn pool going in on the roof. <laughs> you can't oh, discount the, the pool. Wet, on the roof. Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. I'm gonna be swimming. We're planning a trip over there in the spring, so I'll swim in there. there and interestingly go. enough, our, our old coach our old coach, Jukanovic, he's now at Sheffield United. So, so yeah, they just hired um, him, which yeah. is some swashbuckling stuff. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So I don't know if that's going to go over big at, at uh, Sheffield United or not, but he is. He does play an attractive style. Um, if he can get the personnel in, and it, we'll see. Um, it's kind of like you know, you see your ex with somebody else, and they've moved on, and it's like, oh no, I remember the good times we had, twenty three <laughs> straight on BB. Well said. You know? Well yeah. said. Well, I've got a very quick game to wrap it up. Uh Uh, I have a list of things that is a in the style of JFK and Abraham Lincoln. Okay. About Chelsea. Okay. Because it's me and I like to end on a dig. Okay. Go ahead. Chelsea having won the Champions League final, of course. Uh, I'm just going to toss a couple of these out there. There's about 13 points. Uh, in here, which oh, is real, very funny. Uh, before you say that, uh, that I just realized that that's a really bad weekend for you. Isn't oh yeah, it? big time. Brentford and Chelsea. Uh, <laughs> oh, the only other thing is that like, QPR had a sweet wank in the park. You'd, <laughs> you'd be in big time trouble. Uh, <laughs> so here's the thing I always like to remember. Here's the thing I like to remember. Brentford could have gotten promoted last year, but you know. There's a team that beat them 2-1 in the playoff final when they, they choked it away. They didn't choke this year, so fair play to them. But that, that's the stab on the wound for that we beat them in the playoff final, and it's, I'm, I'm, I'm still living on that. So. Per- perfectly said, because I also live in the world where, uh, you know, Liverpool might have won the league last year, but the league before they lost it at my fucking park, so fuck off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, remember, yeah. remember the good yeah. times. All right, Sam, go All ahead. Right, so here we yeah, go. Uh, I'll just throw a few of these at you real quick. In 2012, Chelsea had a 29-year-old Petr Cech who signed from Wren. In 2021, Chelsea have a 29-year-old Edward Mendy signed from Wren. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Spanish Cup final in 2012 was between Barcelona and Bilbao. It was between Barcelona and Bilbao this season. Uh huh. Thomas Tuchel's birthday is on the 29th of a month. Chelsea's UEFA Champions League winning manager Roberto Di Matteo's birthday is on the 29th of a month. Di Matteo's birthday is the 29th of May, specifically. Mm-hmm. The final was on the 29th <laughs> of May. Uh, let's go down. Chelsea's captain, John Terry, was 31 in 2012. As Pilaqueta is 31 this year. And, and why the fuck are we talking about Chelsea? But why? But why? Just, just, why, just to be a he, dickhead. He just wants to have a dig. In the, oh, in the okay. Champions okay. League 2011-2012 uh, season, Drogba scored six goals, two headers, three with his left foot, one with his right foot. In 2021, Giroud scored six goals, two headers, three with his left, one with his right. i just like to have a little quick shout back to uh, John Terry. I, w- I would say John Terry likes to have a shag with your wife. That's what I would say. I would give the shout out to Wayne Bridge's <laughs> wife. She definitely spurred them on. Uh, Chelsea faced well, a Spanish team. 
Barcelona in the semifinals after beating a Portuguese team in the quarterfinals in 2011-2012. Chelsea faced a Spanish team in Real Madrid in the semifinals after beating a Portuguese team in the quarterfinals as well. And, of course, the dates themselves, 2012 and 2021, are just reverse the last two numbers. Mm -hmm. So a little bit of... JFK, Abraham Lincoln, conspiracy theory, kind of wild shit and coincidences that have happened in both. And I just want to get your take very quickly on that as a Fulham fan. Um, have fun in the well, I guess I would say, I guess I would say, stick the blue flag up your ass is what I would say. <laughs> yeah, there we go. That a boy. That a boy. Well, uh, well, unlike my co-host who wants to have a dig, I just want to say it's been a pleasure hanging out with the fits uh, throughout the uh, season this year. And I want to make sure we're, we, we, we would just collectively as a show, we want to make sure we keep checking in with you guys throughout next season. Absolutely. Yeah. We are 1000% rooting for you to come right the fuck back up, man. You're, I, yeah, I look at, I look at the entire championship. You're top of the list. We want to see you back up. Definitely. Yeah, hopefully, and it's been great uh, when when uh, you come on uh, our Zoom meetings and everything. It's great to get back in the pub now slowly, and um, you know it's it's always fun to do these things. And and we'll see we're a little bit uh, yo yoey, but you know that's the one great thing about football. It's never boring. There's always something, and the championship is a is a great league. But you know you love we all love our club so much. We want to see them compete for like the absolute best and you know, write, write their names in the history books, et cetera. But, uh, but yeah, I look forward to next season, even though it's in the championship and we'll see what happens. I'll definitely keep in touch with y'all. Yeah, man, please do it. It's, it's going to be a blast. I'm hoping actually to jump on some of the zooms this time as well. I know it's mostly been Houston, but, um, with the old ESPN yeah, plus yeah. Uh, being available, I'd, I'd love to check in and, and see how everything's going as well. And, and if for any reason I'm in Atlanta, I'm looking you up. I'm I'm there with you guys in the pub. Would love to sit down and watch a match with all of you. You're great fucking people. Oh yeah, yeah. I really appreciate you saying that. And uh, absolutely, anytime you're in Atlanta, you can definitely hang out with uh, Fulham in the South for sure. Excellent. Man. Oh, yeah. uh, well, even even the Chelsea lover over here. <laughs> so uh, what are, what are you on Twitter again so everybody can follow you? Uh, on Twitter, we're at Fulham in the South, all one word. Um, we have a group on Facebook as well. No Chelsea fans allowed, or Brentford, or QPR. I'm not, um, I'm not Chelsea. I'm just, I was just talking shit. <laughs> oh, I, I know, I know, I know you're Arsenal. I was, I was, I gotta say, I was kind of secretly hoping that Tottenham would finish above y'all, so I could have a little dig at you. They did, but, uh, you know. They, they did. What they do at Tottenham does. So. Excellent. Well, Jason, but, thank um, you. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, so, yeah, Fulham in the South on Facebook and Fulham in the South on Twitter. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for the time, Jason. We'll talk soon. All right. See y'all later. All right, brother. Bye. Unfortunately, we have to check in with another friend of ours because, regrettably, their team has gone down. But we kind of want to get a, a moratorium on the team and where they're going and what's going to uh, happen. So want to welcome our good friend Jordan, our uh, West Bromwich Albion supporter. Jordan, how we doing, brother? All's going well. I mean, obviously stuff could be going better, but for right now, doing all right. I mean, hey, you beat Wolves the first time, right? There's positives. 
hey, Wolves mm-hmm. hasn't beat us in what's that like well over a decade right now. Yeah, and they've invested three hundred million, four hundred million in the squad. Still can't beat us. Doesn't matter. Yep. See, at least it's silver linings, right? As long as you beat your rivals, you know it could it could be worse. You could be Fulham, and Chelsea's winning the Champions League, and Brentford's gaining promotion. Like we talked to Jason, and it's just like the world is crumbling. He's just just a kick in the pants. He said. Yeah, I mean, <sighs> I think as for the clubs that are being relegated, I I think we're probably in the better position of Fulham and Sheffield. Okay, I would say at the moment. Despite, you know, not having a manager, but I think our youth and our squad probably has the highest potential of any of them. That's well, that's it's interesting because we, you know, as outsider views, we have a couple of different thoughts. Um, But we'll get to that in a second. Let's go ahead and just start with I remember when we first sat down and talked at the beginning of the season, um, you know, you even kind of directly hinted at it. You were like. Uh, this team's probably a year ahead schedule ahead of schedule. Like they're probably not quite ready yet. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much what it was. Um, like some our youngest talent that we signed, we ended up signing Carl Grant. We signed Grady and Ghana, both fairly young players. Mm-hmm. Both of them really just never even were able to see the squad, even on their both Slavin village and, um, our boy who we don't like to talk about. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, really, I mean, you hate to say it, but that's the fucking story. You know, it's big Sam comes in and fucks it all up. That's all there is to it. You know, that's, that's well said, Sam. Well, well done, Graham. Appreciate it. Oh yeah. Big Sam, please go to town. The floor is yours. Yeah. I mean, so like we've gone through this a couple of times, like we ended up sacking Tony Pulis uh, to bring in Alan Pardew before we, end up sacking Darren Moore right before the playoffs, printing in Jimmy Sean. I, at, at some point in time, I just don't know quite when the club is going to learn to really hone in on that sense of stability. Well, um, per- particularly Darren Moore. I mean, he did such a great job with the club. <laughs> and again, I hate to parallel, but you look at like Fulham. Fulham went down with with Parker and they kept Parker and Parker got him back up. And then you guys go down with Darren Moore. And he, you know, I, I know that it, he wasn't doing perfect with the club but he seemed to at least give a shit you know and that's kind of the battle for a manager you need a manager that actually gives a damn yeah i think that's kind of also what we loved in slavin village like slavin village really cared about it um but like as for big sam i think like his his departure was completely on his own terms i think like we pre one of two things happened we weren't able to give him the resources he wanted in order to form a team next season, continue our battle to get back into the Prem or two. Um, he just wants to keep doing the same thing he's always done, which is trying to save clubs from relegation. I think he was pretty, pretty rattled up by the fact that, you know, West Brom was his first club that he was ever relegated with. Yeah. I think that's kind of like a ding on his record and kind of, kind of hurts him a little bit. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And he, it just, it kept feeling like, again, outsider's perspective, and you're going to have more insight as a supporter of the club. It just felt like Allardyce was a, was a square in a round hole. Like he just, it didn't fit. It like, cause you watched the kind of team that Billich had, which was young and exciting and maybe a little dumb at times. And could, I mean, the game against us, uh, Everton at the start of the season was a prime example of it. You know, the, the five to two match, there was, certainly talent enough to to push but you could get burned on the back end 
And then Sam comes in and just goes, all right, we're going to do big Sam ball, which is all defense <laughs> and no creativity. And you, you got a bunch of creative players. I think that's why you saw Grant go to the bench and Dean Ghana go to the, they just like, they're not Sam Allardyce players. Where the hell are they going to get used? No, I mean, the jokes were made right at the beginning. Like, our midfield becomes entirely useless, and they're just going to have neck pain from watching the ball go up and over their heads every mm-hmm. time. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, rem- I mean, remember, remember, as he's going out, all he needed to do was talk about uh, Michael Antonio saying, you guys hoof the ball up the field, and all you do is hoof it up to your strikers. And by, by definition, your strikers were both under six feet, and that was very important for Big Sam to get that out there. Yeah, and like, kind of going to the season, yeah, good said. Well, well said, Sam. I hate that shit. You know, very well done. <laughs> Please go ahead. Going in, going into the season, um, like I, I didn't think like defense was going to be like one of our weakest things, and like Big Sam, like really wasn't able even able to improve too too much upon it. Yeah, um, like we were expecting a massive change coming with Big Sam, and like from like an owner and like a board perspective, like you you expect to bring in Big Sam and he fixes all your defensive issues, but I just don't think. I think like our, our best defender, Semi Ajayi, seemed probably a little bit to have an off year. Kyle Bartley ended up ste- stepping up, mm-hmm. but I think clearly we proved that there's a lack of depth in any of those positions. Well, um, and, and then what does what does Big Sam do? He just goes out and gets loan spells and uh, kind of tread you know treaded players, you know, like Ivanovic. It's like you're not fixing problems like you need to like yes the first first goal first and foremost is stay up but what was he doing that was building anything towards the future with your club it just it seemed from the get-go wrong it just seemed like like what don't pick up sam just because he's the guy that saves you if he's not the right fit for the club he ain't gonna save you and it didn't and you could see for you guys this season didn't happen yeah, I think as we as we look to the future, like I think what what's that like six managers or seven managers in the past four seasons? I think we're just what we're searching for is that long term stability in our next manager. Um, and Chris Wilder seems to be at the forefront of those conversations in order to take our club over. I mean, he spent well, five he's, six seasons at Sheffield, yeah, um, and and he knows how to run a decent system. And I think that system would probably fit with your guys as well. Yeah, I, I, I definitely agree. He p- plays at least like an entertaining game. We're not going to be like sitting in the back, like punching balls up, like with Pulis and Pardue and Big Sam. Like we've gone through with three completely different managers. Um, but I, I think it'll be something to help kind of unite the club back together. And we need someone in reality who's going to last longer than a year and a half. Yep, uh, um, precisely. That it's your project is going to take more than a year and a half. Correct. No. Now, um, you felt like you're in a good place. Now, out, again, outsider's perspective, it seems like you have owners that want to sell a club yep. full of a bunch of loanees. And yeah, there's some young talent, but it's going to be damn near close to impossible to hold on to Pereira. I mean, the, the, the jar has been opened. Everybody knows who he is now. <laughs> like there's no, so you have to figure clubs are going to be coming for him and it's going to be hard to hold on to him, but there are still pieces. Talk about some of the young pieces that you still have with the club and then talk about what's going on with ownership and um, why you think that it's going to have a brighter future. Yeah. Like I said, um, Dean Ghana, Carlin Grant, both now full-time West Brom players. 
I think they'll probably have a solid impact on the championship like they've had in seasons past. Agreed. Um, we have a lot of experience uh, in the club with championship players, and I think like we'll be able to do that. We did just release Hal Robson Canoe and Charlie Austin, um, which were kind of both surprises on my end, but it, clearly there's a lot of confidence in Kyle and Grant to fill that striker role. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as for younger talent, like I think – I think we got a solid base. Um, even like going straight to the back line, we have Semi Ajay, who's not necessarily a young talent, but he's definitely well experienced in the championship. Had a breakout year, yeah. Uh, the season before we were promoted, um, I think the man had like nine goals or like eight goals, like something ridiculous for a center back. Oh yeah, he's, uh, he can get ahead on a he can get ahead on and, a set piece. That's for damn and, sure. And he, yeah, and I I really think that for some of those players, like it just takes time to develop. Yeah. Um, we spent uh, like a really good amount of money between. Dean Ghana and Colin Grant, I think it just takes time to see that pay off. Uh, Johnston is a gem in the net. I, I, I really was impressed with him. Yeah, see, I don't, I, I don't think we're going to hold on to him either. Yeah, I, mean, like, I wouldn't be hinted, surprised. He, he hinted at the fact that he also might be leaving, but he said, like, as he goes, he's in the Euro squad, which is insane. Yeah. Um, or at least the preliminary squad for right now between the four goalkeepers, three are going. Um, yeah. I think he's got a solid chance to make it. Um, <laughs> yeah, you have he, to assume. Yeah, you, you have to assume that if because there's going to be clubs that are going to go in for you know Pope or Pickford. Like, I mean, I'd love to hold on to Pickford, but I also know that after seeing the Euros, that clearly uh, the Europa final. I mean, um, Man United does not want to hold on to De Gea anymore, and they don't have any faith in uh, Henderson. So I could see them coming to us and going seventy million for Pickford. He's England's number one. We want him. And frankly, mm-hmm. I'd sell him. And then I'd turn right back around and talk to you guys. <laughs> you know, <laughs> bring bring in a young, promising talent in the net. You know, so yeah. I, I mean, we we have a very strong goalkeeper in Alex Palmer, who was uh, on loan this season at Lincoln City, who are now promoted. <laughs> Oh, very cool. Yeah, they did. They did gain promotion. Yep. Yep, no, they got it. no, they didn't. It was Black, Blackpool beat them. I'm sorry. Yeah, Blackpool beat them. Yes, they did. Yeah. But anyway, ton of really strong experience in League One there. I think he'll make an excellent championship goalkeeper for us if uh, Sam decides to go, I think. Yeah. Um, hey, that said, like, as for goalkeeper goes, like, I think the most recent ask was like $20 million. I'm not sure who's going to pay $20 million. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, clearly there's some interest there between him and obviously the bigger guy, Mateus Pereira, scoring 11 goals on the Prem. going to be tough to kind of let him yeah. slide. Uh, uh, it's unfortunate <laughs> for, for when you're not a team in the big six. If you have a sellable asset, at times you just have to sell said sellable asset, you know. Even if you don't want to part with them, you, mm-hmm. that money can be used for five new players. Like you can yeah. bring so much to the side. Um, keep investing in your young talent as well. You know, like you don't need to buy like a rock star when you're in the championship. And that's you just need to buy an investable player. Yeah. And I think, you know, Mateus Fer is definitely someone who's going to be missed, but I don't, I think he's going to leave on good terms. You yeah. Know, I he, would agree. He was not in the squad on the final day, which, you know, that seems kind of normal. Um, like we were officially down, we weren't playing at home. There were no fans. Our, none of our fans at the game. I think right. probably the right decision to kind of like lens it out, and you know, kind of all makes sense. Um, <clears throat> it does. It does. And as for like, like a return for like what we paid, we just paid 
nine million last year for him. I think we're probably gonna definitely get over twenty for him. I think I would think you're um, somewhere in the so, twenty five to thirty range. I and I could yeah. see him going to that kind of um, bottom ten kind of club. Like I could see, say, like a Brighton or a Southampton going in on somebody like him. Um, he, he needs a club. He I don't think many of the big six clubs like the Arsenal. Like could, could use some upgrades at midfield. Um, like I saw Leicester in for him. I don't mm-hmm. think he's a good fit for Leicester unless they actually want to make a solid chance at or a solid like push in the Europa League because they're not deep enough as a squad. I don't think. Yeah. Really, great. in order to play all those competitions. Um, but yeah, like he makes sense at like like you said, mid table, bottom table club. Yeah. Um, yeah. Where he's going to get like a ton of experience. Well, particularly, like I said, a team like a Southampton or Brighton who play a fast, yep. attractive style, you need to highlight what he what is best about Pereira. And it's, it's his ability on the wing to go in at goal, create opportunities, you know, and, and get in front of net. You need that's the kind of team he needs to be with. He needs needs that kind of environment to thrive. And if you just throw him on Arsenal and you expect him to go out and score goals for you. And then he doesn't, then he sits on the bench and then suddenly he's a waste. No, he isn't a waste. It's just, there's no patience at a big six club. There just isn't, you know? Um, Now with the ownership group, where does everything stand? Are they still looking to sell the club? Do you think they're going to wait till another promotion or do you think it's something they might do during the, when they're in the championship? See, that's something that's entirely up in the air for us. Um, I mean, like as, Owners like we really haven't received much investment from them. Um, I think for the most part, we're really just treated like an asset on a balance sheet for them. You know, like we're really just just there for like the money aspect uh, for them. And yeah. I think they quickly realized. I think Mister Lai um, just like hasn't hasn't had the experience or like the the knowledge of like how to properly run one of these clubs. I mean been in the Premier League for two seasons total as an owner, relegated both seasons pretty strong in the championship. But like overall, I think like at this point, he's just trying to get some money back on his investment. Yeah. Um, he was asking for fairly high numbers towards the middle end of the season, um, which really gives you kind of like his, his uncomfortability with, uh, if that's even a word with like continuing to own the club. So I think, yes, I think you would probably see a sale within the next year or two. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe he'll make one last push for promotion and then like kind of go through another round to see if there's any bidders who will bid even close to what he ended up paying for. But I think for the most part, it's been pretty quiet. There's some like American groups that are in for him, which could be pretty entertaining. But I, I think as the most part, like it, we're kind of flying a little bit blind right now. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's where, um, um, my, my concern is for your club. It's like, all right, if you have an ownership group that really doesn't give a damn and you're going to sell off some of your best players and then they're not going to reinvest into the club, you know, it's like, Ooh, you could like find yourself in mid table mediocrity in the championship real quick. Cause you just know how, how grueling of a season it is to play in the championship as it is. And, uh, that it, that's my concern. It's like, did you got to have an ownership group that gives a damn? Yeah, and, and I mean, for the most part, they're just not there. Yeah. They're really not 
um, like you, you compare it to like the ultimate ownership group, which is the lefter ownership group, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, for like bringing like a club from not from nothing necessarily, but from a little bit to consistent top performance, you know, yeah. like yeah. that's the dream. Yeah. Now, now that they've gotten up, barely survived and then won the league, you know, okay. So after they won the league, we're like, ah, that had to be a bit of a fluke, but now they're just consistently a top 10 team. Like they're always yeah. battling for Europe. They're always in and about it and right there. And you kind of go, yeah, that's the blueprint. Hey, you know, everybody in the EFL, look at that. That's what you want to do. Like, yeah. cause even for, you know, your, your, your hated rivals with wolves, with Nuno gone now and, what does this mean with the whole grand plan with the, with the super agent and all the Portuguese players? Are you bringing in a manager that's going to work there? Does it suddenly become, Oh, the big project you did to get yourself up can suddenly blow up in your face because you kind of put all your chips into one basket. And with Lester, it's the exact opposite. It's, it's complete investment into the club and the building of something very special. So good, good call on that. Yeah, there, there's a few ways you can run a club. And, like, one, you can try and run it for profit, um, where, like, if you're, like, a, an Arsenal or a Tottenham, they're the kings of really just, like, turning profit for a club. But you also kind of see it in the results a little bit. And they have yeah. a good enough team to yeah, keep doing what they're doing and, like, keep paying out their investors and stuff like that. But then you kind of have our side of the spectrum where, like, yes, we still run the club profitably. Like, our finances really aren't an issue, but we never actually make that investment. Right. Where, and if you make that little bit of an investment, maybe you're up this season. Yeah. You know, yeah, I mean, a couple we of went into, pieces. We went into the, into the season with the, the cheapest squad, probably by a long shot. Yeah. Um, not making many, too, too many new signings. Mateus Brer being our most expensive player um, at about nine mil. Actually, I, no, that's wrong. Like Grady Diangana, I think, was our most expensive signing ever. Mm-hmm. He was 12 and a half. Um, but, you know, like what you put in is kind of what you're going to get out of the prem. Yeah, um, absolutely. We had stability for a pretty long time, uh, for about eight or nine years, uh, ever since like 08 until our first re- relegation uh, after that. And, you know, it, it would be a dream to kind of get back to that, but I'm not sure if we want to do that to play with uh, Pulis. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. So, um, just want to, um, uh, again, sorry to see you guys are going down, but I kind of wanted, uh, all of our listeners to get this perspective as well. Cause I mean, we sit here and we talk about, you know, all the teams that won and going to Europe and all that kind of stuff. I think it's important to hear from fan bases of those who are going down. What's the pulse? How does this feel? I mean, we all know it sucks like that we get, but what do you look at at your club and go, okay, well, this is what we need to do to improve. Now we need to start thinking smart because there isn't the coffer of the premier league money now. And we need to be smart on how we do things. And I just love hearing, hearing kind of picking people's brains. Like I did it with Jason now with you just kind of get a, a, like I said, the pulse on the team. And yeah, for the most part, like I'm pretty well tied into the fans abroad in the Midlands as well. And like, for the most part, we seem fairly optimistic about going back to the EFL. I think like it's definitely a more entertaining league for our type of fan base. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously still a lot of, questions to be answered like beginning with a manager i really hope chris, chris wilder is the guy personally because i think he can bring that stability that we talked about but 
blue, obviously so blue collar man there. with a blue collar team. I think it makes sense. It really does. Yeah. yeah. So, so it didn't work out at Sheffield, but he does make sense. Oh, um, well, I think Mel, did you want to check in with Sam one more time here? I can think of a few things. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's sixes and sevens. We, yeah. We are confused about what you're saying, Sam. Fucking dumpster fire. You're a fucking dumpster fire. Uh, fuck VAR. I don't even know what you're talking about. Besides, anyways, look, dude, we get it. You're the number three broadcaster, okay? Sam, fuck off. Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, uh, Jordan, thank you so much for joining us, man, um, and uh, taking the time to talk about the club. Hold on here. I think Sam wants to say something else. Bless your cotton dick. Yeah, thank you. Bless your cotton dick, asshole. Um, <laughs> by the way, um, uh, all, all the listeners of the show, Please do not go to the Drunk United FC page and tell Sam Graham what a great job he did in this interview. Don't do that. That would be terrible. Please don't do that, okay? That was a dig. Yes, it was. Uh, Jordan, we want to be able to check in with you. So um, we're going to kind of, we're probably going to do a championship corner moving into next season. So love to be able to call you again and see how your boys are holding up. 100%. Yeah, we'll, de- we'll definitely talk and we'll be back. Uh, excellent. Um, anything you want to pub for people to follow, uh, follow the, the Albion? Yeah, for sure. Um, so you can follow me at West Brom America on Twitter um, as well. We have a West Bromwich USA page as well on Facebook. Great way to connect with your, uh, your stateside baggies um, as well as connect with some overseas ones as well. Excellent. Sounds great. Thanks again for the time, brother. Appreciate it. Thank you. Have a good one. You too now. Bye. I thought I deserved a laugh track for that last one. <laughs> no, so, so Sam, when you're doing a podcast, when someone lands a good zing and it's a perfect opportunity to end the segment, you end the segment. I also said I was going to be the dead horse. Heard. Very good. So finally, I wanted to discuss um, some of the hit signings and bad signings for yep. teams this season. Uh, so gave us both the task of having a top five and bottom five. Do you want to do the top five first or the bottom five first, Sam? Uh, let's start on a positive note. Got like it. To end depressing. All right. So we'll go <laughs> five, five to one. There'll be an honorable mention. I'll do it at the end so that you, you're yeah. still thinking on yours. I, I I think I've got one. Okay. Well, then I'll go ahead and give my honorable mention. Uh, Rafinha for um, Leeds. The problem with Leeds is, is there was multiple good signings and it's such a kind of interchangeable machine. Yep. You know, so you think of like him, Rodrigo, uh, when the cock was healthy, the cock was uh, very forceful. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but I would say Rafinha of the group, and I talked about it in a, in a couple shows ago. He has breakout star potential Absolutely. in him as a player. So, 100%. who would be your your honorable mention? Uh, my honorable mention, I think I might go for uh, Diang, Diange, uh, the one for West Brom uh-huh. that tried to single handedly keep them up. Yeah, um, trying to score. Well, he created a ton for Pereira. Uh, mm-hmm. First, and was always dangerous when he came in. Uh, and then, who doesn't love a player with blue hair? Yeah, <laughs> it's fantastic, fabulous. All right, so my number five was uh, Ben Godfrey for Everton. You think when your off season consists of signing Alan DeCorey and James Rodriguez, Ben Godfrey would be the best fucking signing that it got criticized on the uh, on transfer deadline day because we signed him for twenty five million 
more than the other three. He was fucking phenomenal. It was great this season. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. He played every position on the back four, mm-hmm. hard on the tackles. I mean, just when you, what is an Evertonian? Ben fucking Godfrey is an Evertonian. Like he fit right the fuck in. I thought he was fantastic signing for them. Yeah. So my number five would be Callum Wilson. I don't think uh, Newcastle would have done what they did without his goals, period. He did exactly what he was signed to do. Yep. Score fucking goals. What did he do? Scored fucking goals. He scored goals. I think he finished the season with 13, 14, something like that. Yeah, fucking scored goals. In in my opinion, not single-handedly, because Maximone helped out. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, Al Marone helped out. Would have scored more if he was healthier, too. Absolutely. Uh, He would easily have been 18, 19. He would would have been a Danny Ings type player if he was healthy the entire season. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. Good call. Um, My number four, uh, unfortunately, now out for the entire next year. And the key point of fucking Crystal Palace, Ezzy. Yeah. He was... Everything that they build him as, yeah, like, he he did. He had a lot of hockey assists. I think he went kind of underappreciated in the media, mm-hmm. um, very much so. He had a lot of pass before the pass yeah. uh, stuff, but he did a lot to unlock defenses for Crystal Palace. His billing coming in from QPR is this guy bosses the fucking middle of the pitch. Yep. That guy bosses the middle of the fucking yeah, pitch. Yeah, the other thing is they stuck him playing, out wide a lot too, and even, he was still playing very well, even playing against top fucking six teams. He bossed the fucking field, yeah. man. I would just, he was 1000% what they build him as. And he was fantastic. And the injury is unfortunate. I look forward to seeing this player grow and develop because fuck me. Was he good? Who's your number four? Uh, my number four was Gabriel, uh, the Arsenal center back. Did a great job. Um, turned Arsenal into a, you know, obviously our record didn't really show it, but we had the third tightest defense in England. Injuries, injuries hurts him. I, I don't have him on well, my list because of injuries. Part of the problem is, is, is we didn't have, for whatever reason, which is never normally something you can throw at us. We didn't have a goal scorer, or right. we would have had a much better record. <laughs> Agreed. Um, but he he shored up the defense. Uh, he was a, a great signing, a, a real general back there that that organized and and figured everything out. Also fair because. You're an Arsenal supporter. I'm an Everton supporter. We both threw in a defender that came Mm -hmm. from our clubs. So if we were neutrals, one of us might have recognized the other one before our own, but our own bias made us go, ah, you know, I thought of my guy. 100%. All right, so uh, let you go first this time. Who's your number three? Number three was a loan signing Mm -hmm. uh, that besides Callum Wilson, and actually I can't believe I'm saying this about fucking Newcastle, uh, but uh, almost single-handedly kept them up because Callum Wilson was injured Mm -hmm. is Joe Willick. <laughs> yeah, Joe, yeah. Uh, equaled Alan Shearer's record. Six in his last six or seven in his seven last seven? Seven in his last seven. Yeah. And they, well, they're technically broken up because the Arsenal game, but he didn't play. Not allowed to he, play. Because he couldn't play, right? He wasn't allowed um, to play. So the seven consecutive games that he played in, he scored in. Mm. And oftentimes it was the first goal or the go ahead goal. Right. So he won Newcastle, I think probably six out of those seven. I think one of them. He added the insurance uh, late on, but he either won he won the game for Newcastle six out of seven times. Uh, my number three, Ollie Watkins. How many times do you see a big goal scorer in the championship come up to the Premier League and do fuck and all? actually do it? Yeah, Ollie fucking did it. Yep. Ollie settled right in like he fucking belongs here. Yep. Looking looking forward to seeing what he's going to represent in England now too. I mean, yep. he's on a he's shooting mm-hmm. for the moon, man. That's awesome. Uh, who's your number two? My number two 
is Danny Welbeck. I think he actually brought Brighton the goals they needed to stay up because they were survive, they were in a bad way. Yeah, until right there, there was up until about a month and a half ago, they were right on the razor's oh, edge yeah. of possibly going they, down. They were fucking flailing, and he got goals when mm-hmm. they desperately when they needed fucking it. needed them. Yep, very. And true. I think you'll see him start next season for them. Ah, very good. I like that one. Uh, my number two, a uh, guy who gave you a fuck ton of fantasy points. Thomas fucking Suchek. Now, uh, granted, he was a lone spell this season, from not, last season. It was hard to not include him. But this season, it, granted, Declan Rice is the, the the straw that stirs the drink for that team, right? He's the one that holds everything down. But Suchek played this hybrid of box-to-box slash defensive midfielder because when you're playing under a David Moyes system or, hell, even just a West Brom team, I mean, a West Ham team, Freudian slip, my apologies, everybody, for saying that. Um, a West Ham team, Suchek still has to have a lot of defensive responsibility. He kept up with that and scored fucking goals. And got goals, yeah. And got the ball up fucking pitch. Like, he was fantastic, and he was, eh, the season before. Yep. West Ham had to buy him. It was kind of the loan with obligation to buy kind of mm-hmm. thing, and he was a Fucking rock star this season. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so you did your number two already. Give us your number one. My number one was another loan signing. Okay. Jesse Lingard. I, he changed everything for he him. He changed West Ham completely. He made them <laughs> dangerous. Mm-hmm. Where before they kind of, oh shit, I found myself in front of goal and scored. Well, especially at Jesse a time Lingard. Oh, yeah. when Antonio was also getting hurt a lot. Mm-hmm. So you needed someone he came to up get with you goals. those fucking He came goals. up with assists. He came up with time wasting. He came up with a couple of tackles, actually, that uh, that they needed at crucial moments. Mm-hmm. Jesse Lingard did fucking everything for that team, and it was brilliant. Did everything um, for my fantasy team as well. It was yeah. fucking fantastic. Well, between him and Zuchek, yeah, he was that's, awesome. Every, everybody wants to say me trading you Aubameyang is why you won. no no no. It's Zuchek and Lingard. It's Zuchek and yeah. Lingard is why you fucking won. Absolutely, because because you were sitting in sixth place. And Lingard made it through the waivers all the way to you in sixth place. Yep. Like, that's why you won the fucking fantasy league. You know, Sam, it takes foresight, Mm -hmm. mental fortitude to not, you know, when people ridicule, you'll just stand by your decision. Um, And I I couldn't be more proud. And when someone pays you a compliment, (laughs) just fucking take it. My number one would be, uh, and and I hate to say it because it's the rich getting richer, Ruben fucking Diaz. Yeah, it was hard to not put him in mine as well. That, that team, it's the same fucking team that played last year, but they conceded cheap, shitty, terrible goals. Ruben Diaz, once he got once he got bedded in, he had his troubles uh, uh, leading up until about the early part of December, but then they went on that run, and when they went on that run, it wasn't that they were beating the shit out of people. Nobody was scoring on them. Right. And why was nobody scoring on them? Ruben fucking Diaz. Oh, yeah. That's why. It made John Stones look like one of the best defenders in the world. He made people (laughs) around him look better. Suddenly, Stones is back in the lineup again. Fucking Laporte looks fantastic. I mean, it just, he was, he was everything. He really was. City wins the title because of that signing. That, I mean, that simply put, they won the title because they signed Ruben Diaz. Yeah, I can't disagree with that at all. And I think even if Liverpool was healthy, City still wins the title because they signed Ruben Diaz. Like they, they stopped being scored on. 
You can't lose if you don't get scored on. Right. They Absolutely, never got yeah. scored on. Like, it's just insanity. Like, that, that, you know, that Newcastle three-goal game was after they had already won the league. But up until that point, like, that run where they won something like 22 or 23 in a row, they might have given up a collective, like, five or six goals. Right. It was fucking insanity. It was nuts, yeah. I mean, every game was one, two, nothing, one, two, nothing. And we're all kind of going, eh, but they're not winning convincingly. Yeah, but nobody's scoring Nobody scored, on yeah. them. No, you're all. absolutely right. <clears throat> Can't right. argue with that. Let's get into the worst five. Uh, we'll start from bottom to uh, top. I'll go first. Um, Matt Dartry, he did fuck all for Spurs. That's a good shout. I forgot about that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that was terrible. Who's your number five? This we're going to do quick because it's Rand not Brewster. Worth- <laughs> yeah. Who oh. did fuck all for Sheffield United? <laughs> he's he's on mine. Slightly higher. <laughs> <laughs> um, my number four, uh, Branislav Ivanovic. Big Sam brings him in because it's a Big Sam move. And then he never, ever at all impacted or helped that defense one bit. Nope. Not even in the locker room. Didn't help at all. Like, Mm-mm. you bring in a character guy, you know, apparently his character didn't work. You know what he did do? What did he do? He gave John McGinn a run for his money for best ass in the Premier League. <laughs> there you go. Okay. Uh, my number four was Ryan Frazier. Did yeah. fuck all for Newcastle. And that's someone who you kind of felt like he's... Uh, this he is was a nice being, little step up for him in terms of size of club and everything else. He's being linked to uh, Everton, too. And we we're like, oh, yeah, that'd be a great fucking fit. I'm so glad we didn't he sign He fucking him. hated it up there. Yeah. Terrible. Um, who's your number three? We'll let you go now. Well, scoring the goal the final day of the season or whatever. Uh, was it the final day of the season? Or was it next to last week? Willian mm-hmm. is the only reason he made it up to three. <laughs> uh, was that one free kick? Um, because he did fuck all for Arsenal. He's, mm-hmm. He had three assists the first game of the season. I was like, this is going to be brilliant. Fuck yeah. Then he did nothing for 37 games and yeah. some European stuff. You looked at that Then guy, he scored you, in the last game of the season and it you, was like, oh, brilliant. You looked Thank at that signing so and it was like 200 know, grand a week. Like, you know what? That's actually, you got him on the free. He's going to be expensive, but he, he's exactly the guy that fits your system. Did fuck all. Yeah. Did so, fuck when you, all. so when you were bitching about Gilfie earlier, when we were doing the Patreon videos, uh, you were bitching about Gilfie and his wages. Yeah. We're paying 50,000 more a week for William. <laughs> your guy at least does have stats. Would you like Gilfie? <laughs> Take him, please. I beg of you. Our guy does not have stats. Yeah. Um, my number three, not at any fault of his own, but it was a desperation move. Uh, William Jose for um, for Wolves. Yeah. Scored one goal. Honestly. It's an should, important goal, though, honestly. Should have just kept the kid out there. Yep. Should have just let Fabio Silva keep playing. Like, let, let the kid fucking work through it. There's no shame in it. If you're not, you know, you're not going down. You, you were know already you're staying safe. Up. That was the weird part is they were already safe. Let the fucking kid play. Then, and he was just kind of a, uh, why, why'd you do that? So who's your number two, Sammy? My number two is also partly by no fault of his own mm-hmm. is Dean Ghana. Ah, he yeah. was hurt for a bit, but he also did not really do the things that West Ham promised West Brom that he would do well, when they but- then gave wrote a check for $40 million. <laughs> he did it for him while on loan, and he did it at the start of the season. I think Dean Ghana is a victim of Big Sam. He's not a Big Sam-style guy. Well, he was hurt for a bit as well. Yeah, and I think I think he really got fucked off because of that. I just now, I, I just didn't see much out of him, honestly. It, it just, that, that's a player that was touted to yeah. be able to change West Brom's midfield. And it was he supposed just to be didn't. him and Pereira, and Pereira did it 
He didn't. He did not. I will say he is huge for West Brom going into the next season in the championship. Because Pereira is probably going to get sold. Oh, Pereira is definitely getting sold. Yep. Um, All right. So my number two, also for no fault of his own, it's just why the fuck did you bother signing him? Donnie Vanderbeek. Yeah. Just sits around and does nothing. Can't even get, he's absolutely stealing a living in Manchester United. Hell, a talented player. The times he's been on the pitch hasn't looked he's bad. He's done well, yeah. Could fucking... Won't play him. Can't sniff the fucking field. Cannot sniff the... Like, Famously, you know who does sniff the field? Who? Thomas Tuchel. <laughs> uh, I heard that story this week where he was... Measuring uh, the blades of grass. He was Mainz manager, and they were at a training camp in Austria, <laughs> and he tried to, after sniffing the grass, mm-hmm. measuring the grass, tried to get the groundskeeper from whatever club they were was hosting them uh, and Olympiacos was playing a, a training game uh, against them. He tried to get the, uh, the Austrian club's groundskeeper transferred to Mainz, <laughs> but yeah, it said he sniffed the grass. All right. So Sammy, who is your number one worst signing of the season? Number one worst signing. Cause he also rarely played. And when he did, he did fucking nothing. It was mm-hmm. absolutely useless is Everton's own Josh King. Ah, uh, he was fucking <laughs> he horrible. Did nothing. The good, the good news for Everton and the reason and William regards, wasn't there is yeah. three assists and one goal. Yeah. <laughs> the 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 beauty of the Josh King thing was is at least it didn't cost us anything. He was a free, and he's yeah. fucking off to someplace else. So we can that go. That was bad. <laughs> he did. That was real bad. It's really bad when you don't make the final roster of the season and you're healthy. Yeah. With a team that has a lot of injuries. He did nothing. He did Not absolutely nothing. Yeah. Literally. He, I mean, you'd have thought he was on Fortnite money the way he performed <laughs> when he did co- come in. Collected a paycheck. That is all he did. <laughs> it was pitiful. Collected a paycheck think, and ran down the field. I don't even think Carlo Ancelotti knows his name. <laughs> Who are you again? <laughs> When he's standing there with the envelopes that has your pay stub in it, he's oh. going, uh, Pickford, there you go. Uh, uh, Dominic Calvert-Lewin. <laughs> you? Goes through the whole team. Uh, what's your name like, again? Who are you? Uh, I, I guess you're Josh. That's the only envelope <laughs> yeah. I have left. He starts taking his shirt off and handing oh. it to you. going to do the laundry then. Who are uh, you? So, uh, Sam, fucking I funny. told you uh, earlier he'd be a little bit further up the list. My number one with a bullet, Rian Brewster. Yeah. Why do you spend $35 million on a striker and then don't fucking play him? Because. I'm sorry. <laughs> Doublets. That's why. Also, also, when you're that kind of club that finances are tight, why do you buy a player? <laughs> <Not> much money. <laughs> why do you buy a player that doesn't fit the system you run? Like... When when they bought him, it was like, huh? What? Well, they needed a striker because Lise Musette was hurt and David yeah, McGoldrick just, was hurt, and they they weren't getting the goals. So yeah, it, just, the, the move itself made sense because they were also, I guess, trying to plan for the future because they were having a shit start to the season. But then, why would you not play him? Why not give him a chance? I think he's a club record signing. And I and I th- also think that, that part doesn't make any sense to me at all. I think with. Chris Wilder, I think that that was actually when he talked about players that don't care and aren't bought in and stuff like that. I have a feeling he was talking about the old new record fucking club signing, Riyad Brewster. I have a feeling that's exactly who the fuck he was talking about. 
Could be. Absolutely uh, could be. It was fucking terrible, man. Oh, that was a fun little exercise. We'll have to remember to do that next season is do the top five and worst yeah, five and all that. Absolutely. All right. Love it. It's time to tell you what little we know it is prediction time. Sam, last week, um, you had famously said in your cup of losers that 66% of the time it works 100% of the time because you had won two of the last three. Uh, so the first season, just to recap, first season where we picked all the games and we gave bonuses for getting the scores right, you won. You beat me. Yep. Uh, quite convincingly as well. Thank you very much. The second season, we did it, and it was betting money. I beat you, but both of us were in the negative. But <laughs> I I was in the negative like a couple hundred bucks, and you were in the negative about like a thousand bucks, right? <laughs> All right. So last season, you were convinced you won. Um, I'm going to pour a shot on my lord right now. If uh, you'd like, you can bet that you won. Or you could bet that you lost. What, what would you like to... Well, this past season three, I lost. We've only done this three times. No, I'm talking about... No, no, no. Okay, I'm getting it wrong. Last season was the one I was... I, I blew it. Never mind. I fucked up twice. Sam, I'm up two to one, not you. Because last season, the, the, the last season before, where you thought you were up $90, you were down 3437 fucking dollars. I think we wrote that down. Wrong. And I was up... Plus $448. So what you're trying to say is Sam Graham was gaslighting you and believing. Yeah. I just want to let you know, Sam, last year, you almost doubled Pat's losses. <laughs> <laughs> you lost $3,500 last year, and you're sitting there telling me on the show last week, you're like, oh, I fucking won, man. I, I thought beat I you hit, last I thought I hit the last crazy thing I did. No, you, you did actually hit a bet. At the on the last game of the season, you made two bets. You made a wild and crazy bet, and then you made like a little soft bet, and you hit the soft bet that earned you ninety dollars. <laughs> okay. Ninety dollars. That's the ninety dollars came in. So, so the ninety, the the ninety got you to thirty four instead of being thirty five in the hole. That's that's what the ninety dollars did. Um, I we didn't stop drinking so much. We didn't put um, Malort on the line this year, so no four shots of Malort for either one of us. Nope. Although apparently uh, our good friend Chris in Houston with the uh, the uh, Houston Irons was uh, said, "Remember the time that all the hosts agreed to drink a pint of Malort if their a teams pint. all yeah. if, if their teams all finished behind West Ham? I don't remember doing that one, um, but Chris, if we would like to make that bet again." And you have to fly up here to uh, the Washington, D.C. area to drink a pint of Malort. I would be willing to make that bet with you for next year. Wouldn't that be three pints of Malort if he's making that bet with us individually? Yeah, you would do a pint. I would do. Oh, yeah. It's a bet with each of us individually. <clears throat> yeah. And well, no, he plus, just, he needs to get his money money's worth for a $600 round trip flight from <laughs> yeah. Houston to yeah. here for Malort. So it'd be cheaper for him to get to Chicago, to be honest. So, so Chris, I want you to just dissect that, chew it on it all, and just let it be known right now before those two even speak. I will take that bet because I can, I can take a pint glass, put it on ice, and sip on a fucking pint I'm glass out. of Malort for an entire show. Hey, ask me if I want to do it. Nope, I'm out. Mm. The question is, Chris, can you? 
I, I, I mean, I'd like to punish myself. I'm in. <laughs> yes! I'm in. Nope. Can you do, do two it. pint classes of Malort, Chris? <laughs> I'm in. This is where we're leaving for you. Um, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words? Um, not really, actually. It was a fun season, great season. Uh, look out for the fantasy emails and stuff, please. Yep. Um, because we're going to start talking about that sort of shite uh, as well. I do want to uh, briefly... Uh, just mention everyone that got in touch with us uh, over this past season. It's been awesome. Um, corresponding with you guys, DMing you guys uh, during games and stuff. It's been fantastic. Uh, and lastly, excuse me, uh, if you would please, over the next month, we are going to take some time for ourselves. Yep. Because we've been doing this for three years straight. Solid. Even during the pandemic, we kept doing fucking shows. Yeah. I took a month off when my father-in-law died. I took three weeks off when my daughter was born. So we're all tired. Um, Your boys need a break. Yeah. So if you want to hear us uh, over the next month, please sign up to our Patreon because uh, we are going to continue to support the people that support us. Uh, www.patreon.com backslash do football show and sign up to one of the top two tiers. That's the $5 tier and $9 tier. Mel, why? Because ten, $10 is too much. too much. $10 is too fucking much. So uh, sign up to one of those top two tiers, and you'll be able to hear us once a week for the next month. Uh, we are going to uh, put out shows throughout the month of June, but it will be um, repeats. So like our if coaches were cocktails, if um, if uh, whiskeys of the EPL, some fun stuff like that, we might put the Vitaly Tribilia interview back up again. So we're going to do some stuff over. We might release the full Ben K interview. Yeah. yeah some so of that kind of stuff. Yeah. So we're going to put some stuff out there for everybody. So there will be uh, material, but it is, if you've been listening to the show for the past three seasons, it's going to be stuff you heard before. Yep. Um, frankly, we just, we, we're just we tired, a, man. We uh, we'll be back. We'll be back in July with a couple of shows, mm -hmm. um, fresh shows, new shows. Uh, we're going to, uh, we might do a every other week kind of situation mm -hmm. until the season starts because yeah. we'll be right back at it. We've booked, uh, we've already booked some, Somebody from uh, Norwich to support to come and do the show. Wait, uh, Mel, Mel, can you teach him how to say that properly, please? Notch. That one. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, okay. that's the one. So, Norwich, and also um, we've got a line on Watford and Brentford as well. So we're going to do our like we did last season, our getting to know you shows, uh, and then of course there will also be our regular uh, super show and our draft show that we'll do as well. Uh, so all that fun stuff in uh, August, but yeah, by the end of August, it's fucking boots we're back on right and we're running it. again. Yep. So absolutely. Um, also one real brief moment. There is a certain person on Facebook that Mel's been fighting with for the last about six hours that I do want to call out in cunt's corner. Okay. Nice. <laughs> Just don't be a cunt mate. Yeah. There you, go. You, you don't have a vagina. So yeah. fuck off then. Yeah. Okay. That's it. <laughs> you should pipe down. <laughs> No, but John so, so she's frantically go. typing over there. I was like, she uh. can't be harvesting strawberries. So <laughs> <laughs> she's definitely fighting with that guy again. I think he deserves a mensch. All right. So uh, <laughs> next up is our injury time show where we're going to uh, recap all the playoff games and the new promotion game for Brentford. Absolutely. Congratulations. Talk about the Champions League and then talk about Europa. Hold on. I can recap that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Okay. That pretty much wraps up our Europa talk. That's it. Um, and third time's a charm, Sam. www.patreon.com backslash do you football show to find all of that extra fun shit. 
He can't say he's the third best host in the state of Maryland, but he sure as hell can fucking nail the plug. Listen, let me you're, tell you something. You're a I'm good whore. Third, I'm the third best host in Maryland. First best whore. Okay? You are. First best whore. You're a good whore, Sammy. You're a good whore. Congratu- Got my, my polka dot dress and the rouge because the guys like that. Congratulations <laughs> on a great season, Sammy. You too, sir. We won a fucking award, mate. We won an award. See you soon, guys. Woo! Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smell of a lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!